How you gonna upgrade me? It's high. <laughs> I hear you be the block, but I'm the life to keep the streets on. Notice you the type that like to keep them on the leash, though. I'm known to walk alone, but I'm alone for a reason. Sending me a drink ain't appeasing. Believe me, come harder. This won't be easy. Don't doubt yourself. Trust me, you need me. This ain't a shoulder with a chip or an ego. But what you think they all mad at me for? You need a real woman in your life. Taking care of home and still fly. Still play my part and let you take the lead role Believe me, I'll follow This could be easy I'll be the help whenever you need me I see your hustle with my hustle I can keep you Focus on your focus, I can feed you You need a real woman in your life Taking care of home and still fly I can help you build a pure account Traded all the corporate dues. They call shots, I call audibles. Shake up the jeweler, bubbles, the rain swap, sort of do. It's big balling, baby, when I'm caught you. I'm talking spy bags and fly pads and rooms at the Bloomberg and rumors. You on the verge of a new merge. Cause that rock on your fingers like a tumor. You can't fit your hand in your new purse. It's humorous to me, they watching and we just shot an Allen hopping off the mafia coast. Mafioso, oh baby, you ever seen satin? No. Not the car, but everywhere we are You sure to see stars, this is high level, not eye level My bezel, courtesy of all the Mars I order yours tomorrow, now look at the time I saved ya Mama, let me upgrade you <laughs> Just when you think you had it all
Go ahead and turn that volume up. It is Friday. You're inside the Friday mix. It is Freestyle Friday on Coffee Intel. Can you tell I got my rum in my coffee? Yes, I do. gonna have a good day today what is it that they always say today's a great day to have a good day or a good day to have a great day get ready to kick your weekend off whatever your plans are I hope it involves some me time As we continue to recognize Women's History Month, we're only playing songs by women today. What did she say? We're going to have some great conversation today. Of course, the conversation is always around the topics from all around the world. Whether you're in the Caribbean, North America, Latin America, Asia, Africa, Europe. We take it all on. Got the headlines coming up shortly. I'm here having a blast. Coming up, we got some Hatra Lady G, Nadine Sutherland, and more later on. You know, we always gotta have the music with the madness, aka the news. We're gonna have a great conversation later on. 
Is it possible to have platonic co-parenting? Yeah. Not a DJ, just playing songs that I love. Hope you enjoy them too. Like the English phone, fit for the max, acrobatic for the bone. Fire program, like a real jump machine. Play the drum and then the bass just come in. Nobody young like a sweet 16. Yes, everyone come and just big up your chest. The last one will me up when me done him walking. I'm here to know you know know where you feel know me at the train. Hard for a way the girl cry for. Hard for a champion bubble. Hard for a way the man them a give without the stiffness. The particular stamina, man, I will make calling. Please, oh, please, I'm calling. Just if you walk, tell me I'll bag bus. Ever and some man, lady, but I love people. You're wrong, you're not taking me careless. But a long time, me day up on the waiting list. Sex in a hell and fatness, come back. Lady, but I'm bad in a med, and no dead stop. So run, come and line up with the walk. Any man, a pass, I think. One of the baddest DJs out of the 80s. Lady Petra. That was when I was in high school. That was just the other day, though, right? It is a quarter past the top of the hour. It's time for us to go ahead and let you know what we're going to be talking about today. Here are the headlines. Gotta say good morning to all our listeners around the world. Logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Of course, I gotta say good morning to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. It is Friday, March 10, 2023. We got Freestyle Friday inside the Friday Mix. Thank you so much for joining me for Coffee in Tow World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. You can follow me on TikTok, Moments with Me Media, on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on Twitter, Me Media Moments. And the mean everything is MI. And here are the headlines we have for you today out of the Caribbean corner. The road to U.S. citizenship for green card holders. Guyana to train 500 women to operate heavy machines. Jamaicans are still suffering. Robinson criticizes budget for not matching needs of the people. We're going to have those stories and more coming up. Out of Latin America. Mexico cartel apologizes for kidnapping Americans and returns bodies. Also, 
On the heels of that, though, the Mexican president is slamming calls for U.S. military to target cartels. On the international scene, 14 people drown when Italy-bound boat sinks off Tunisia. Germany shooting live. Eight people have been killed in, an ham in a Hamburg church attack. And China's parliament backs Jinping for third term as president. Night Excuse me, I'm choking on this one. Knighthood for Boris Johnson's father. Mm, okay, let's see what they're going to say about that. In news out of North America, Vancouver girl missing since 2018 found safe in Mexico. Major Canadian school board recognizes the caste-based discrimination. In business and tech news, does the bold glamour filter push unrealistic beauty standards well tiktokers think so in health and science news we have to talk about medical tourism yes and then we're gonna be having a great discussion as it relates to um co-parenting are we able to do it on a platonic level <laughs> of course we're gonna have those stories great conversation as well and music so here's a little bit more to wake us up here is wicked and wild nadine sutherland we'll be right back for the details Monday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, live on QMZRadio.com, JohnDoeRadio.com, and live conversation on Clubhouse. It is Days After Dark, Real Relationship Talk. Go ahead and set your alarm so you can join us then.
Ready to take on the weekend? Hit that reset button. Take some time for yourself. Don't oh, hope you don't have to work. Where them I do? Me say where them. Voice of Lady G. Don't every man a hold tight. One single name a cause all the love fight. From the name count out, coming out with eyesight. The man them get. At the bottom of the hour, you know we go ahead and kick it off. Starting off the Caribbean corner. I'm in a good mood today. Yes, I am. I have my rum and my coffee. So I'm good to go. If you're on the East Coast, or you acknowledge Eastern Standard Time, thank you for starting your day off with us. Get that blood pumping. If you're in traffic, don't feel ashamed. Throw your hands up safely, safely, safely. Yes! All young girls make me get serious. Cause we no licky licky, we no wanga got. Say, I mean, man, say, uno bed bus. Cause we have a new name where we just sign up. All mean, man, we yoga call it tie, 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 t
Where them a do? Say where them a try from the name count out Every man a old time test Where them a do? Say where them a try from the name count out Every man a old time One single name a cause a little fight from the name count out Coming up the eyesight The man them get mean We're Dancing around, we're gonna go ahead and bring that heart rate down a little bit Here is Brandy What about us? Why don't you return my calls? Why you trip out where I be? You don't ever come to see me. You say that you're too busy. What the hell? I don't have time. Why you messing with my mind? I can't find another guy. Someone who will treat me. Five minutes before the bottom of the hour. If you got somewhere to be at the bottom, you've got five minutes to get there. Please be safe. Any longer you can go if you want, I don't need your pity, I will be just fine if you decide that you want to leave, close the door behind you, I just want to know what, what about all of the things that you said, what about all of the promises that you made, what about all of the lies that you gave, what about all of the things you told me, what about you know what they say about promises. promises. Their comforts to what? And we ain't no fools. What about? What about us? What about? What about us? What about us? What about us? you said you were different. Was that what I heard you say? Said that you love only me. It is Freestyle Friday inside the Friday mix. You're only gonna be hearing songs from women today. I'm challenging myself that for this month I'm only playing songs by women as we celebrate Women's History Month. Go if you want, I don't need your pity I will be just finding you decide that you want to leave Close the door behind you, I just want to know what What about all of the things that you said? What about all of the things that you made? What about all of the lies that you gave? What about all of the things you told I think I can squeeze in one more before we go ahead and get started All of the things you made me there is Miss Thing with regular. Tell them, I'm not them bootleg clothes. I met them, no, so you're not regular. 
right, folks, it's that time. We're going to go ahead and get started, and we are kicking it off in the Caribbean corner. Thank you once again to everyone logged on and listening on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, and JohnNoRadio.com. Thank you to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. And our first story, the road to U.S. citizenship for green card holders. Story courtesy of Caribbean.LoopNews.com. For many Caribbean nationals in the United States, citizenship is their long-term goal. But for various reasons, they do not often act on it. Well, here are some tips to offer education on the road to U.S. citizenship. Green card holders through marriage. Marriage-based green card holders do not need to wait five years to become a citizen. Let me say that again. Marriage-based green card holders do not need to wait five years to become a citizen. This green card holder can become a U.S. citizen in as little as two years and nine months under the law. It is important to check on the green card that the status began and count from that time. All right. Green card holders through family. Family based green card holders must wait a minimum of four years and nine months. To become citizens. The law says you do not have to wait for exactly five years. And I shall repeat, family-based green card holders must wait a minimum of four years and nine months to become citizens. The law says you do not have to wait for exactly five years, okay? Children under 18 who are green card holders and living with their green card holder parents in the USA immediately qualify for citizenship when those parents become citizens along with a few other criteria. It is crucial that these parents quickly take the necessary steps for such children to get their certificate of citizenship. It prevents all sorts of problems in the future. Again, folks, Children under 18 who are green card holders and living with their green card holder parents in the USA immediately qualify for citizenship when those parents become citizens. So what I'm going to say is this. If you are eligible for, to apply for citizenship, whether it's through um, marriage-based or family-based, and you have the time has passed and you can now apply for citizenship and you have children under 18, do not delay. All right, don't delay. All right, next, time spent in the U.S. The amount of time spent in the USA is crucial to eligibility for citizenship. Caribbean green card holders like to traverse back and forth. However, to become a U.S. citizen, you are required to have spent most of your time physically and continuously in the USA. And I can speak to this because I've experienced this. I was denied citizenship three times because in their eyes, I was traveling too much. 
even though I had my green card since I was a baby and my parents became citizens, well, after, well, they decided to get their citizenship after 18, after I had turned 18, for, that, for, for immigration, I was not based here in their eyes. Too much traveling back and forth can hurt you. Right? Spoke to an immigration attorney. He said, you're going to have to keep yourself quiet for at least a year. Like a year? I can't do that. He's like, yes, one year. Sit down, don't move. It worked. So that, that is so true. This, we love jump and playing and be all over the place. Be careful with that. It can hurt you. Okay? All right. The citizenship process requires that you do biometrics. So obviously, you must be in the USA to do those. All right? Must be in the USA to do those. Next up, moral character. Good moral character is also required. What does this mean? This means that you do not have any criminal law issues ongoing and you do not owe child support. All right? You do not owe child support. I'm going to expound a little bit on the child support issue. If you have to pay child support, please follow the rules of the court. Follow the rules of the, your lawyer. If you're doing it amicably, where you're able to have a decent relationship with the mother of your children, men or women, you know, because men can have full custody, right? Um, whoever has to pay the child support, if you're doing it amicably, I would strongly recommend you do not give it in cash. Get yourself a money order or an official check from a bank, fill that out, and keep your records. Yes, I'm never warn you. No matter how the person you're handing that money over, that instrument over to, says, but you don't have to do this, you know. No. Human beings are fickle people. Remember that. Human beings are fickle people. C-Y-A. Cover your ass. All right? Because God forbid... The person you're handing the money's over to says, well, I never got a dollar from you because they want to be spiteful. It's going to bite you in your ass. And at least you have this and you can show to your attorney who can turn it over to the court and say, well, uh-uh, back up. My client has been paying child support. All right? Protect yourselves at all costs. I'm going to say it again. Good moral character is required. This means you do not have any criminal law issues. Careful who you're licking head with. Some of you need to call out your friends, even family members. Not all family is good for you to be around either. Call out your friends. Call out your circle. Walk the straight and narrow, right? Avoid any criminal law issues. And please See to it that you do not owe any child support, all right? Another rule of thumb, something I can recommend, if you have your driver's license, every now and again, 
check your driver's license check it to make sure you don't have any um outstanding tickets especially because you have the um what you call it at the intersections the ones that automatically those cameras yeah got caught about two years ago went to renew the registration on the vehicle and they're like oh sorry we can't renew your vehicle because your license has been suspended i'm like suspended so when i call and they're telling me yeah you have tickets outstanding i'm like outstanding for what you broke a traffic light in doral i'm like no i did not wasn't aware that it was there and i'm going about my business happy go lucky so i'm just just going to recommend please folks every now and again check your driver's license okay these traffic cameras don't play okay next up place of residence finally you must have lived in the state of filing for at least 90 days before your application is submitted let me say that again finally you must have lived in the state of filing for at least 90 days before your application is submitted okay this is a residency requirement that is crucial to remember okay so just to recap the road to citizenship for green card holders the article is available on caribbean.loopnews.com Grab it for yourself, share it with others. Things to pay attention to, green card holders through marriage, green card holders through family, time spent in the U.S., moral character, and place of residence. Please understand that this article does not constitute legal advice and is intended for informational purposes only. And this article was prepared by nadine c atkinson flowers who is admitted to practice in the usa and jamaica and her practice is in the area of immigration speak with an immigration attorney go on the immigration website get as much information as you need don't rely solely on information from friend or family member because everybody's situation is unique all right it's not a one cap fits all okay thank you next up we head on over to guyana guyana to train 500 women to operate heavy machines story courtesy of caribbean.loopnews.com government is currently in talks with several big companies in the energy sector to train some 500 guyanese women to operate heavy duty machines in the mining and oil and gas sectors. President Irfan Ali said the future undertaking will allow the participants to earn an average salary of Guyanese $350,000. The government is going to invest in ensuring that you are certified and we are going to partner with the private sector so you move smoothly from certification to employment. These are the commitments that I am making to you. He's, he made this statement while making an address to a gathering of women who joined him and First Lady Ali for a dinner at the State House. Noting that women are spread across every sector, including the judiciary, aviation, agriculture, 
manufacturing, healthcare, and education. President Ali said the successes of Guyanese women are significant and transformative. Good job. Let, let me clap it up to him. Um, Guyana is the next popular one. They seem to be making great strides. Yeah, watch out. Watch, keep your eye on Guyana. Don't, don't take your eye off of them. Um, I appreciate that there is great effort being put into this. And there is going to be a follow-up or follow-through where upon certification, they're going to see to it that employment is also gained. The rest is up to you. All right, my folks in Guyana. Next up, Jamaicans are still suffering. Yes, we are. Robinson criticizes budget for not matching the needs of the people. And we do have the sound bite for this article. Story courtesy of Nationwide Radio, jm.com. Opposition spokesman on finance, Julian Robinson, says the priorities outlined in the budget for the next fiscal year do not match the needs of most Jamaicans. Mr. Robinson says, while many positive steps have been made, many people are still suffering. The Minister of Finance presented to the Parliament a historic $1 trillion budget, generating expectations from the wider Jamaican public that there would be something in it for them. Their reality is a runaway murder rate. Their reality is massive corruption, theft, and misuse of public resources. Their reality is a worrying number of students who leave school illiterate and innumerate. Their reality is a spiraling cost of living. And their reality is the struggle of Jamaicans every day to earn a livable wage. Madam Speaker, the budget presented does not address in a meaningful way the fundamental issues that are affecting the Jamaican people. The opposition spokesman was making his contribution to the budget debate in the House of Representatives on Thursday afternoon. He says the government is being hypocritical for touting its economic management of the country at the same time, it moved to postpone local government elections. How is it that in a $1 trillion budget that the government could not find just over $1 billion to hold an election? Is it that the government knows in their hearts that the budget presented with the theatrics, with the banging of the desk, simply does not address the basic needs of the Jamaican people? Why is the government afraid to face the people? Madam Speaker, today I'm speaking to the many Jamaicans who feel detached because they think the government does not consult with them or budget in their interests. I am listening, I have listened, and will continue to listen. The message... Mr. Robinson says the salaries of many Jamaicans have been eroded by inflation and a higher cost of living. Last year I proposed 12,000, but I'm not indicating a number because all of us in here, if we ask, may have different figures. I might say it should be 15. Horace might say it should be 13. Carl might say it should be 18. But what we want, what we want is a mechanism that objectively determines that. And I hope when the minister comes next month, he will tell us what the figure is, but tell us the process 
so that going forward, whether it be annually or every two years, minimum wage earners know that they are protected against the ravages of inflation yes. and they can protect the standard of living that they have. That was Julian Robinson, opposition spokesman on finance. And, uh, you know, <laughs> when I came across the story and you look at the comparison, the side by side, January 2020, 2022 to January 2023, chicken increased by 17%, chicken back 12%, cooking oil 19%, corned beef 4%, counter flour 30%. And those are the average prices, um, the average prices for basic. These are considered basic food items. Corned beef is cheaper in Jamaica than in the States. I said that much. Um, Yeah, basic food items. Chicken, chicken back, cooking oil, corned beef, and counter flour. That's that's what it is. Um, I, I do. I'm sorry. I do have to side with Mr. Robinson on this. Are we taking I understand that minimum wage is set to be increased to nine thousand dollars a week from up from seven thousand. But is that reasonable in light of inflation? He also slams March 31 ultimatum to agree to a wage compensation off a story courtesy of Nationwide Radio. On the issue of the March 31st letter, it is our view that the minister can set aside funds using a contingency provision for the fiscal year 23-24 to, to include the amounts budgeted for the public sector workers in relation to the compensation review. Yes. And that once he has reached agreement with the unions, then those sums can be paid. For the 23-24 year, can be established for these funds. And as such, Madam Speaker, we don't believe workers should be pushed, we don't believe they should be bullied, and we don't believe they should be pressured to come to an agreement by March 31st, when there are legitimate concerns that they have. Mr. Robinson says the backlash being experienced by the government is deserved, given what he described as its poor handling of the negotiations. Madam Speaker, our our public sector workers are complaining that they are being pressured to meet a March 31 deadline. They feel pressure. They feel pressure that if they don't sign by March 31st, then they won't get their benefits. Madam Speaker... If you treat the workers this way, you're going to get a reaction where people's backs going to get up and they're going to stand up to you. He's calling for a fresh approach to the negotiations with those bargaining units that are yet to sign. Many of the complaints we are getting, Madam Speaker, from the outstanding groups are not just about issues of what they are going to be paid. It is not just what they are going to be paid. There are issues of equity, there are issues of fairness, and there are issues about the basis on which they have been reclassified. It is important 
that the legitimate issues that have been raised by these workers are treated in a way where there are thorough explanations, where there is effective consultation, where there is respectful communication, and where there is humility in listening to the concerns of the workers. That was the voice of um, Julian Robinson, opposition spokesman on finance. So what I found a little disturbing on social media is the threats that are being um, handed out to teachers because they are doing sit-ins, the strike, let's call it a strike, whether it's sit-in, sit-out, whatever. They're striking because they don't agree with the proposed starting salaries for teachers. You can understand that. But to threaten them, we talk about <laughs> the need for good educators within the system. A couple of weeks ago, we spoke about the brain drain that is going on in Jamaica. Because they're not being paid livable wages. So, of course, people have to make the decision. And I remember um, James pointed out that people are not necessarily leaving their home country because they want to or they no longer like their country. But they have to look at the economics of it. Survival. They have to look after themselves and their families. And they have to do what makes sense for them. And the attitude that's being displayed, unfortunately, is a take it or leave it mentality. That is what the government seems to be projecting and promoting. And I'm saying, no, be reasonable. Listen to what they're saying. Sit down with them. Probably swap out the salary. Give them your salary for a month and you take theirs for a month and see how you survive. Can you live on that? Will you be able to have your helper and your gardener and your driver? Will you able, be able to pay your rent or mortgage? Will you be able to go to your uptown supermarkets? Will you be able to jump on your plane and take your vacation? Let's be realistic. And as I said yesterday, I'm not asking you to empty out the bank, your, your bank accounts, the government's bank account into theirs. I'm not asking for that, but let us be more reasonable. Understand their role, understand their relevance, understand how important they are. Because every one of you passed through a teacher's hands. Now to threaten them with loss of income, loss of benefits, loss of um, vacation time. Why are we doing this? When I thought we were a democracy or only sometimes. We no longer listen to the people that are paying you. I think a lot of times politicians forget who pays their salaries. 
we forget not we i'm not a politician they forget they forget who they needed when they need, wanted to win their elections it is not being sensitive don't threaten them what if every teacher get up and walk out of the country who you think favor williams can can um teach them alone who is going to teach them if every single teacher gets up and walks out right now because they don't like that they're being threatened what are you going to do and then parents now have to stay home or leave their children at home by themselves and then that's a whole nother issue you realize what's going to happen or what could possibly happen march 31st it's around the corner is it possible for them to come to some agreement yes but forcing them as if to say there's no room for negotiation take it or leave it it is what it is i don't care we don't care that's a whole nother conversation that's all i'm gonna say on that matter You can't be giving them these ultimatums and expect them not to feel threatened. It doesn't work like that. In our next story, government to create structured market for resale of used vehicles. Story courtesy of Nationwide Radio JM.com. The government will be moving to create a structured market for the second sale of a motor vehicle. Finance Minister Dr. Nigel Clark says under the plan, those selling a motor vehicle in this new second sale market will only pay GCT on the difference between the price at which they originally bought the vehicle and the price at which they are selling the vehicle. In other words, if they bought the vehicle for 100000 and they're selling it for 150000 the, the you're only going to be paying GCT on the difference, which is 50000 So, Madam Speaker, under this new policy, Upcoming legislation, Madam Speaker, individual owners selling their motor vehicles will continue to play a fact fee of 12000 or 8000 So if you prefer to do what you've always been doing, no problem. However, we will allow for registered motor vehicle dealers selling second sale motor vehicles to, play, to pay a rate of 15% on the dealer dollar margin rather than the full cost price. So you buy the vehicle from somebody for $100 and you sell it for $120, you pay the GCT on the 20. And that small change, Madam Speaker, will catalyze a new subsector in Jamaica. Speaking during his opening presentation in the budget debate on Tuesday, Mr. Clark says this move will boost economic activity. As a result, we think we are helping by having this, but what we have what we do is to suppress economic activity because right now no secondary sale is reported in GDP statistics, meaning that industry is silent and dead. Well, Madam Speaker, we aim to awake that industry here in Jamaica. We can catalyze the formalization of the subsector, which will lead to the establishment of new companies or new subsidiaries, new jobs in the business of trading. And formalization would lead to a more accurate reflection of the true economic activity of the motor vehicle trade in Jamaica.
Dr. Nigel Clark, Minister of Finance and the Public Service. I have a question though, um, Dr. Clark. And I'm sure there are many folks in the diaspora um, looking to return home. Will that apply to them or can, it, can that apply to them? Meaning, can we do a depreciation GCT? All right, I hope I'm making sense. If I'm not making sense, tell me. So I've purchased the vehicle, um, say for $10,000. I've had the vehicle for five years. The depreciated, um, um, it has depreciated to, put in as you drive it off the lot, now no value again. Um, it has depreciated, say down to $5,000, just throwing some arbitrary figures out there. Will you charge me excise and duty only on the current value or are you charging me on the initial price of the vehicle how are you going to charge me just a question because i'm sure there are others who want to know who will want to know if anybody has information with regard to this please let us know please 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 and that's something for me to research all right so my question for is Mr. Minister Clark, for returning residents, for those who are preparing to return home and want to go ahead and send the vehicle, you know, and thing back home, how are they going to be charged in light of this? All right. Okay. Next up, March date, March 14 date set for Farmers Trade Day. Story also courtesy of Nationwide Radio JM. Coffee farmers in Portland, St. Andrew, and St. Thomas are being invited to attend a Farmers Trade Day. It is slated for Tuesday, March 14 at the Alfred Sangster Auditorium at the University of Technology, UTech in Jamaica, starting at 9 a.m. in the morning. The event is being organized by the Rural Agricultural Development Authority, RADA, and the Jamaica Agricultural Commodities Regulatory Authority, with support from the Tourism Enhancement Fund. It is among activities being hosted ahead of the 6th Annual Jamaica Blue Mountain Coffee Festival, which will be held on March 25th in Newcastle, St. Andrew. Director of Tourism Linkages Network, Carolyn MacDonald Riley, told JIS News that the Farmers Trade Day is a one-day expo which targets farmers, especially those in the coffee industry. All right, next up, Shaggy is paying it forward. Gotta give it up to him. Um, he's <laughs> he's um, really thinking. Mr. I love this one. They want this bombastic, romantic, fantastic lover. Shut it! Mr. Lover Lover. Mm. Now, Mr. Lover Lover. <laughs> Girl, Mr. Lover Lover. Mm. Now, Mr. Lover Lover. <laughs> she called me Mr. Bombastic. Send me fantastic. Put me on me box, she says I'm Mr. Rule. So Shaggy is paying it forward, doing his part to help Caribbean artists. Story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. 
After years of building his career to become a global superstar, Shaggy is paying it forward and helping Caribbean artists to properly navigate the music industry. His first island music conference held in Kingston last month marked his formal approach to educating artists, producers, songwriters, managers, and other music stakeholders about the industry. The conference held during Reggae Month was a collaboration between Shaggy, Sharon Burke, and Solid of Solid Agency and media consultant Judith Bodley. Speakers from Pandora, TikTok, AudioMac, YouTube, Warner Music, BET, Ineffable Records, and BBC One Extra, among others, convened in Jamaica to speak on a range of topics from mental health and style to contracts and social media marketing. Speaking to Loop News during a, Trinidad, during a visit to Trinidad, Shaggy said the conference, in his estimation, was a success. It achieved more than we thought, first of all, um, to have some of the panelists we had from YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. Some of these are top brasses who came in based on our relationships and friendships and the idea of trying to ignite the region and to put us in a conversation to level the playing field. He said they could have had more high-level panelists, but the conference took place around the same time as the Grammys and the NFL Super Bowl, so they may have to reconsider the dates for the events in the future. The event was supported by Jamaican artists, among them Valiant, TJ, and Bounty Killer, and Shaggy noted that a lot of young and new artists were in attendance and i think that was a concern of ours we were wondering if um young burgeoning artists would be showing up to get the valuable information right um because how many times we make things available and people don't take advantage you know so that was awesome in the business of music and doing music shaggy says i realized um a lot of people who don't have the that there are a lot of people who don't have the knowledge. Uh, when we had our run in dance hall, meaning when Sean Paul and Shaggy and Wayne Wonder were happening, remember Gwen Stefani came in and she had Hey Baby with Bone to Kill Off. And then right after that, she started to sell Caribbean infused handbags and shoes and purses through Neiman Marcus and these stores. None of us was educated to take those opportunities. So for the first time, we were more than a conversation. We were a bigger part of the market share, and we did not know how to capitalize on it. And that comes from education. He said, I didn't have a management or a team at the time that was smart enough to capitalize on my breakthrough. So I, I want to say I admire him for having learned from his experiences and now wanting to help shape the future of upcoming artists so that they have a, they have the education, they have the knowledge, they have the awareness and can move differently. Because Jamaica on its own, it's a brand. The music is a brand. The food is a brand. The culture is a brand. It is not fair that others are able to capitalize on our brand and we are left in the shadows because of lack of education so thank you shaggy for putting this on putting this doing this and it is my hope that he will continue to do so 
and he will hold more events like this, not just in Jamaica, but, but throughout the Caribbean, all right? Because we want to view the Caribbean as one, everybody moving forward, all right? So good job. Next up, Atlanta Caribbean Carnival 2023, an all-inclusive, Antilles-driven occasion. This upcoming 2023 Memorial Day weekend, May 26 to 29, the sights, sounds, and vibrancy of the West Indies will energize the southern USA as the famous Atlanta Caribbean Carnival makes its return for its 36th edition. Following a landmark 2022 event, which saw several of the Georgia State Capitol's popular mass bands return to the city's downtown core, the organization team, the Atlantic Caribbean Carnival Band Leaders Association, has put a full court press on preparations and strategy for the annual cultural extravaganza that many consider to be North America's fastest growing carnival. For 2023, the weekend of events, also known as the unofficial kickoff, to the U.S. summer festival season has undergone several adjustments in terms of logistics, venues, and flow to better cater to the increased popularity and interest for the carnival from patrons, masqueraders, spectators, and stakeholders. All right, so my Atlanta folk, for anyone looking to Head on down to the ATL for Memorial Day weekend. There you go. May 26th to 29th, it will be all fun and excitement. Atlanta Caribbean Carnival 2020. Make sure you check it out. And that story wraps up um, our Caribbean Corner segment. We're going to have a little more music, and then when we return, we have stories out of Latin America and from the international scene. But sometimes I we as someone push them on them way. I just the thing where you for do your nado. I just the thing where you for do your nado. I just the thing where you for do your nado. I just the thing where you for do your nado. Cause instead of you wanna him, shag him, kiss him, kiss him, cuss him Wall him and the bed and love him Put the dough in and do up and make it rise like muffin And the love the bag of huffing and puffing Well if you lose him, you never hold him tight enough Him a complain about the bingo type of stuff The man no stop tap on your same old lame And you nah do no never vibes him up From your gate while status you're boring That's why the man out a road exploring Thursday night at a boo, Friday night Pali Royal, every girl about I just the thing where you for do your nado. I just the thing where you for do your nado. I just the thing where you for do your nado. I just the thing where you for do your nado. Say that's why they wanna stop me line. That's why they wanna want be mine. Say that's why they wanna stop me line. That's why they don't want to be mine 
Big thank you to everyone logged on and listening on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Janoradio.com. Download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. Me, but do doom doom. I'm out of me, but doom doom, but do doom doom. 
Thank you to everyone on Clubhouse hanging out with me. Thank you so much for being here. After all, this is where the conversation happens. We're going to get back to business after this one from Lauren Hill. Everything is everything. You are inside the Friday mix. It is Freestyle Friday on Coffee Intel. After winter, must come spring. Must come spring. Change it eventually. for stores out of Latin America. Mexico cartel apologizes for kidnapping Americans and returns bodies. And I think I have a sound bite for this one. Yeah, let me go ahead and play that. Two of the four Americans who were kidnapped last Friday in the Mexican state of Tamaulipas are dead. The news was confirmed early on Tuesday by the governor of Tamaulipas during a phone call with Mexico's president, Andres Manuel López Obrador. It was fully confirmed by the prosecutor's office. Two of the four are dead. One is injured and the other is alive. The two survivors of the attack have since been transferred back across the border into Texas. State officials in Mexico say Mexican security forces had been working in close collaboration with U.S. FBI and DEA agents, and that at least one of the alleged kidnappers has been detained. There will be binational cooperation to continue in this investigation. The four Americans crossed into Mexico last Friday, reportedly on a medical tourism trip, as costs for medical procedures in Mexico are much lower than in the U.S. According to local reports, shortly after entering Mexico, their vehicle, a white minivan, was shot at by gunmen. This footage appears to show the moment the four passengers on board were taken away, setting off an international incident. Today, we learned the very sad news that Mexican state and federal authorities recovered four U.S. citizens kidnapped on March 3rd in Matamoros, Mexico. Two U.S. citizens were returned to the United States. The bodies of two other U.S. citizens killed in the same incident were also recovered. 
We're providing all appropriate assistance to them and their families. We extend our deepest condolences. All four Americans were found in the village of Tecolte, about 24 kilometers from the border city of Matamoros, where the kidnapping took place. This area is known for being home to warring factions of the Gulf Cartel. Mexico's Tamaulipas state is also among half a dozen Mexican states that were recently named on a do-not-travel list by the U.S. State Department. Manuel Rapalo, Al Jazeera. All right. Um, so now the Mexican officials... <laughs> Is it the Mexican officials, though? No, I think it's the cartel. Let me get it right. Um, the cartel's community relations efforts are well known within Mexico. In contested territory, one cartel might hang banners around a city blaming a rival for recent violence and distinguishing themselves as a gang that does not mess with civilians. Last November, such banners appeared around Guanajuato State, purportedly written by the Jalisco New Generation Cartel, which blamed a rival for a spate of killings in bars and other businesses. In other situations, the message is more blunt. Bodies are left inside a vehicle with a note or hung from a highway overpass on a heavily transited road. The motivation is terror. Handing over alleged cartel suspects to police is also not without precedent. Saucedo cautioned that a cartel leader may have authorized the attack, then regretted it and decided to offer sacrificial lambs to police. In 2008, drug traffickers lobbed hand grenades into a crowd celebrating Mexico's independence, killing eight. Days later, authorities arrested three suspects, but it turns out they had been kidnapped by a cartel, beaten into confessions, implicating a rival group, and turned over to police. Meanwhile, the Tamaulipas State Prosecutor's Office said on Thursday it had seized an ambulance and identified a medical clinic in Matamoros that were allegedly used to provide treatment to the Americans after the shooting. The Americans told investigators they were taken to the clinic in an ambulance to receive first aid. By reviewing police, police surveillance video around the city, authorities were able to identify the ambulance and find the clinic. No arrests were made at the clinic, according to the statement. So this handing over, it's like, oops, my bad. Here, you, here, here goes two of ours. That's how it works. I don't know that's how it works. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, But we need to talk about, at least, well, we have spoken about it, medical tourism. Will this situation, in continuance of a conversation we had earlier this week, will this situation, this unfortunate situation, force our political leaders, those who sit up there in Washington, to have conversations with the medical industry, big pharma, doctors, so on and so forth, to see what can be done. Go right ahead, Donald. Good morning. Absolutely not. <laughs> Just like I'm not going to talk to the NRA, right? Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, Donald. Go ahead. I've done it, said absolutely not. Uh, that's it. Nothing more. That's it. Nothing more. 
Period. Full stop. That's a full statement in itself. We don't need to expound. That's the truth. Full stop. They're not going to do it. Because it's not going to serve them. And when I say them, all parties involved. Right? That's what it's about. The beauty about capitalism, you don't care about people. You care about your pockets. And everybody wants to be rich, stay rich, you know. And now and again, they throw out the crumbs to make it look as though they care about you. You know, we're going to have um, free clinics and so on and so forth. But what is interesting is the next story that Mexico's president slams calls for U.S. military to target cartels. Um, Lopez Obrador denounces Republican-led push for U.S. military intervention after the fatal drug cartel abduction of Americans. Story courtesy of Al Jazeera. Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador has rejected calls for the United States military to intervene to stem drug cartel violence in Mexico, saying such a move would violate the country's sovereignty. During a news conference on Thursday, Lopez Obrador said his government was not going to permit any foreign government to intervene in our territory, much less that a government's armed forces intervene. In addition to being irresponsible, it is an offense to the people of Mexico, he said, adding that Mexico does not take orders from anyone, as that was made very clear when uh, Trump talked about Mexico going pay for that wall. Oh, he learned real quick. On Wednesday, Texas Republican Dan Crenshaw released a message in Spanish asking Lopez Obrador why he opposed the proposal the congressman introduced in January, authorizing U.S. military force to target drug cartels in Mexico. The cartels are at war with us, poisoning more than 80,000 Americans with fentanyl every year, creating a crisis at our border and turning Mexico into a failed narco state, Crenshaw said in a statement that was released on January 12th about the proposed legislation. It's time we directly target them. My legislation will put us at war with the cartels by authorizing the use of military force against the cartels. We cannot allow heavily armed and deadly cartels to destabilize Mexico and import people and drugs into the United States. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham on Monday also said in a Fox News interview that it was time to put Mexico on notice. He advocated introducing legislation to classify some Mexican drug cartels as foreign terrorist groups. Drug cartel violence in Mexico has come under renewed scrutiny in the U.S. after four Americans were kidnapped by armed men last Friday. The four Americans, as we know, were hauled off in a pickup truck after unidentified gunmen fired upon their vehicle. All four Americans were placed in a vehicle and taken from the scene by armed men. A Mexican citizen was killed in the incident, which took place as drug cartel factions tore through the streets. The U.S. citizens had crossed into the northeastern Mexican city of Matamoros across the border from Brownsville, Texas, for a medical procedure. The city, however, has been beset by violence linked to drug trafficking and other organized crime. Mexican authorities frantically searched as the cartel moved the four Americans around, even taking them to a medical clinic to create confusion and avoid efforts to rescue them. Bodies and survivors were ultimately found on Tuesday in a wooden shack 
in a rural area east of Matamoros, guarded by a man who was arrested according to the state's chief prosecutor, Irving Barrios. Two of the abducted individuals had been killed, while the other two were discovered alive, one with a gunshot wound to the leg. The survivors were whisked back to U.S. soil on Tuesday in a convoy of ambulances and SUVs escorted by Mexican military Humvees and National Guard trucks with mounted machine guns. On Thursday, someone claiming to be from the Mexican drug cartel that was allegedly involved in the kidnapping condemned the violence and said the group had turned the perpetrators over to authorities. In a letter obtained by the Associated Press News Agency through Tamaulipas State Law Enforcement Source, the Scorpions faction of the Gulf Cartel apologized to the residents of Matamoros, the Mexican woman who died in the shooting, and the four Americans and their families. Drug cartels have been known to issue communiques to intimidate rivals and authorities, but also at times to smooth over situations that could affect their business. We have decided to turn over those who were directly involved and responsible in the events, who at all times acted under their own decision-making and lack of discipline. Okay, there's lack of discipline in the cartel. Okay, then. What an oxymoron the letter reads. It added that the individuals involved had gone against the cartel's rules, which include, ready for the rules, folks? Respecting the life and well-being of the innocent. Still, the fatal kidnappings and backlash could complicate delicate escorts, or I'm sorry, delicate efforts to foster closer collaboration between the U.S. and Mexico on immigration and the trafficking of drugs, among other issues. Lopez Obrador said on Thursday that he would begin a public information campaign aimed at Mexicans in the United States about the Republican-led proposal for U.S. military intervention. If Republican lawmakers tried to use Mexico for their propagandist electoral and political purposes, we will make a call to not vote for that party, the Mexican president said. Why? Lord, it nice, you know. Hey, you know something, Teflon? <laughs> Folks on Clubhouse, check the chat. Teflon, you're not the only one who feels that way. You are not the only one, Teflon. Can I get the cliff notes of what Teflon said? Yes, please do, please do, please do. No, I'm I'm driving, so I can't see what he said. Oh, you want the oh you can you get it? Okay, okay. okay. So let me Teflon. Go ahead, Teflon. Spill the beans. Yes, yeah, so um, our text, I said they didn't just go for the medical procedure. They um, they use it as a cover-up um, to do a drug deal that went wrong. I'm thinking, like, if they if they went for that procedure, why would they drive? Um, that way. Like, yeah, because I know if you, if you do those procedures, you need to, um, uh, like, you would need to be comfortable, like, on, on the way back. So why would you? Because, I don't know, just... A lot of it doesn't make it doesn't it doesn't make it doesn't um it doesn't add up. I don't think it adds up. And um yeah, I just think it it was a drug deal and they they probably used that as a cover up. Um uh, they've probably done it a few times and then probably this time it just went wrong. It didn't work out this time. 
Teflon, you're not alone. I don't. So because I live in Texas. Oh, I'm sorry, Teflon. Were you done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I live in Texas and I know that people are going back and forth the same way that this, these four um, individuals went, I, I'm like 50-50. And if she, and if the person, because it was one woman and three men, if the woman was really having a procedure, I can see her needing that big minivan because she would be more comfortable laying down than sitting up in a regular car. So, I mean, if she was if she was coming like when coming back here, don't you think it would make sense to have a female with her? Because the females will be able to will know how to look after her and they'll know what like what she needs because like things would need changing and stuff like that. I can That's say I, I can say yes, but because the area is not that safe. I probably would have felt better with men, but yes, I can see having another female there to take care of the other issues, but I agree with Mexico. Unfortunately, I don't think America needs to interfere with their dealings. And I think the only reason they turned over some of the cartels people is because what happened is now bringing light to what already people already know happens. But once America hears or you do something to an American, sorry, you're hearing all what my car is saying. Once you do something to Americans, that always makes our politicians want to grandstand. Yep. Because I think the conversation is grandstanding. Mm-hmm trying but, to show muscle that they really don't have. I'm done. Thank you, Javette. Thank you, Teflon. Let me make a quick comment before anybody else goes. So um, I'm going to touch on a couple of things. The grandstanding that you just mentioned. It was interesting that you said that because now you know, we're worried about China affecting our politics and how people vote. We're worried about Russia and how our people vote. We didn't realize Mexico had some influence on how our people vote. <laughs> now, uh, to go back to your point, um, Teflon, the more you think about it, I can see why people feel the way they do, questioning it. Why go that route? Right? And then, and I'm not sure if you all heard, that silly me, I forgot to um, capture the link for this one. Uh, one of the men at last minute was told, oh, a surprise birthday trip. Come with us because it's your birthday. We're surprising you with a birthday trip. Something is off. Now, when I heard that, I'm like, yes, something ain't right here. Something isn't right. Because if it was supposed to be strictly for a medical procedure, how now we have a birthday trip surprise coming into play? Maybe it's killing two, two bears, one stone, maybe. 
But then now, let us look at the health aspect of it. It is best to fly when you have a major procedure like that. Was that the plan? We don't know if they were going to fly back, but you have to drive back because you have a vehicle with North Carolina plates, so you have to drive back. And the thing is, if you can afford to do that procedure, because it's not cheap, if you can do that, you can, you can easily afford the flight, even, even a budget flight. So there are many questions coming up now. So many. <laughs> and unfortunately, I don't know, I'm not the one saying this, not me saying this, folks, let's get that clear. Unfortunately, some folks have said when you look at the pictures of the people who went to Mexico, it's not far-fetched. I'm like, whoa, back up now. <laughs> Y'all are not, uh, not you. I'm just saying those people just aren't right. They ain't right at all. I'm like, well, whoa. Well, uh, what are they saying? Like, they, they look broke or something? Do they look broke? No, they're saying they look like people who would smuggle drugs. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Not me saying it. I'm just reporting what I heard. Yeah. Um, a lot of what's being said is also being um, told from family members, not the actual people that went on a trip. But what has been on the news lately in Texas is a lot of um, Mexicans that still have family in that town, they've been on the news each night saying that because of what happened, they are now afraid to go visit their family. They had a few people that say that this is a normal trip for them to go visit families, and now they're even afraid, afraid to do that. Hmm. Listen, I've, I'm planning on going to Mexico. None of this is going to put me off. If you travel the right way, you go to the right places. Um, I don't think about these people. Obviously, they they didn't they they went the wrong way. You know what I mean? So, yeah, this is, yeah, this is this is not going to stop me from traveling to Mexico. You just have Clearly. to know. You have to have your wits about. It. You have to know where you're going. Um, yeah, just have to be just have to be careful in it. Yeah, just like in any place in the United exactly. States. Thank you. <laughs> There's 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 places here known as sundown towns that I'm told I'm not I shouldn't be caught at. You better not evenings. be caught there. Let Marlon tell it's you. It's like come to London. You don't go to Brixton or Stonebridge. Tiger will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. Every country has its area. You just stay the heck out of it. There are parts in Miami, dead or alive. You ain't going to catch me there. Ain't going to happen. Go ahead, Donald. Most of what's being discussed on this case has nothing to do with the case. It's just a lot of political posturing. For instance, that guy in Texas sees that as an opportunity to get worldwide, to get recognition. And um, it's working because we're talking about his idiotic statement. America cannot just go into Mexico with bearing arms. Mexico is a, a sovereign nation. That would never happen. You understand? So to talk about it as though Mexico is just someplace in your backyard, they could enter and leave as you want. Yes, you have strong collaborative ties between Mexico and the U.S. 
and that's why the Mexican government acted that fast to make sure that the U.S. citizens was back here because it's all diplomatic and it has to be done. But most of what he's saying, the, the details of the case is just for airplay, but that's not what's playing out. When you really huh. look into it, there are a lot of political agendas um, surrounding the borders, surrounding the drug cartels and all the stuff like that. But there is not much systematic things in place addressing these things at a substantial level. It is in the cartel's best interest to give up people whether they have anything to do with it or not because they do not want heat to come on them. And now that they're in the, in the media, it's bad not just for them, for other cartels. So you look at they could find, get retaliations and so on from other cartels who now have to bear the brunt of the heat because of whatever negligence that happened. Mm-hmm. Five arbitrary people is not kidnapping foreign nationals that the cartel do not know about and moving them about for days. It's not happening. That's not how it works in these organizations. Somebody would know the bosses have to know. That's like you, 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 you're going um, in Jamaica in one of the ghettos doing, conducting business and they don't, don't know about it. It don't happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lot of hot air. Everybody go use it to, to promote whatever agenda they have on the bully pulpit or to get whatever brand recognition they're looking for. But it has nothing to do with the case itself. The outcome of the case is irrelevant. The details of what happened right here is irrelevant. The spin-offs and the stories that is coming for, from it is what would be important because everybody would use it to push whatever agenda they want. At the end of the day, nobody cares about the people that's dead, the people that went, the drug deal or perceived drug deal or medical operation that go down. Nobody's talking about changing no medical procedures or lowering costs in America. Nobody's talking about collectively trying to stop the cartels and stuff like that. It's all hot air. And a couple months from now, it will be forgotten like everything else. Couple months, seven day news. So that goes back to me. Well, let me bring it back to me begging and pleading and hoping and wishing and dreaming that the, the powers that be will address the real concern, the cost factor. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen, folks. Not going to happen. Everybody pretends to care. Nobody really does. It's a shame. But let's see. Get my popcorn and keep watching. All right. Uh, next up, stories from the international scene. 14 people drowned when Italy-bound boat sinks off Tunisia. Uh, is it Tunisia or Tunisia? What's the correct pronunciation? Let me say it right. Both, both, both. Oh, both. Hey, depends on where you're from, right? Tomato, tomato. Potato, potato. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank you so much, Teflon. Uh, people from sub-Saharan African countries died trying to cross Mediterranean after rise in racist incidents against black Africans in Tunisia. Story courtesy of aljazeera.com. At least 14 people from sub-Saharan African countries have drowned. Tunisia's Coast Guard said in a statement on Thursday that officers the previous night had intercepted a group whose boat had sunk, rescuing 54 people of various sub-Saharan African nationalities and recovering 14 bodies. A spokesman for the court in charge of the investigation told AFP news agency later on Thursday 
The dead were from two sunken boats. Ms. Maudi said three people died and 34 were rescued in one sinking on Tuesday, followed on Wednesday by 11 deaths in a separate incident with 20 rescued. Hundreds of people have drowned off Tunisia in recent months as attempted crossings from Tunisia and Libya to Italy have increased. The coastline at Esfax in east-central Tunisia has become a major departure point for people fleeing poverty and conflict in Africa and the Middle East for a shot at a better life in Europe. Life in Tunisia has progressively worsened since President Kai Syed said on February 21 that migration from sub-Saharan Africa aimed to change Tunisia's national identity. The remarks which drew international condemnation have led to what has been described by adversary groups as a racist backlash against people from sub-Saharan African countries as well as black Tunisians. Oh boy. Um, at this point, we have the same problem here. It's not going to stop until people can recognize that there is the possibility to come out of poverty in their countries. We're not going to escape this. Remember when I said the other day that I wonder what the world would be like. I think it was on Wednesday when we were uh, was honoring Celia Cruz and um, the song Pasaporte. And I remember saying, I wonder what it would be like if we could all just travel freely. No visas needed, nothing. I always wonder what it would be like. But... Hoping and wishing for the perfect world, it's never going to happen. And that's the reality I have to remember I live in. It's not going to happen. Never will. Such a shame. And globally, there is an issue with Africans and descendants of Africans. There's a separation. Video I saw on... um, TikTok. Let me see if I can um, find it here. <sighs> because, hold on one second. No, I didn't save it. I reposted it. It was a video with an African leader speaking and saying that we need to reclaim Africa. Africans need to reclaim Africa. Stop not only the Ugandan prime president said it now. This is somebody different. Go ahead, Donald. I'm, well, I'm talking while I'm searching. I am hoping that one day we would change our models <laughs> and stop focusing so much on the GDP metrics and all those macro metrics and start looking at ingenious local solution in unique situations like BBC has a program people fix in the world where local people come up with solutions solve their problems I think if governments in Caribbean Africa and these countries start to implement solutions that can be done by people on a local level it can improve people's lives food securities and other things to an extent that people don't feel destitute. Yes, there would be places where 
it will be more difficult than others. But I think sometimes we miss a lot of opportunities by not looking within the communities and finding simple solutions that can make a difference to a whole lot of people's lives. And I'm hoping that one day we will change our political model from this whole global um, view and look within for these solutions. Thank you, Jono. So it looks as though. Well said. Well said. Yeah, yeah. Well said indeed. I thought I no, I didn't save it, and I I'm struggling to find the video. Okay, I'm sure it will pop up. So, Germany. I'm sorry. Why, why am I here? Germany updates unborn baby. Yes, 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 yes. This is so sad. Uh, unborn baby among seven killed in the Hamburg shooting. It's so sad. Um, what happened? Hold on one second. I'm waiting for this to open up. Okay, a gunman in Germany killed six people before turning the weapon on himself at a Jehovah's Witness worship hall in the city of Hamburg. Police and prosecutors say Al Jazeera.com is reporting the 35-year-old man, a German citizen and former Jehovah's Witness, Witness, sorry, used a semi-automatic pistol he had legally owned since December in the shooting. A Hamburg state prosecutor said this morning at a news conference with police. A woman who was seven months pregnant was among the injured in Thursday night shooting. Her fetus did not survive. The attack has stunned Germany's second biggest city. A motive has yet to be identified. Andy Grote, the regional interior minister, said the attacker fled to the first floor of the building after police arrived and killed himself, adding that the rapid police deployment likely saved many lives. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, a former Hamburg mayor, said he was left speechless by the brutal act of violence. We fear that further victims may die from their severe wounds, he said. Authorities identified the suspect as Philip F. He had left the religious community about 18 months ago, but apparently not on good terms. There was no indication of a terrorist background. Investigators worked through the night to secure evidence. On Friday morning, forensic investigators in protective white suits could still be seen outside the building as light snow fell. Officers placed yellow cones on the ground and windowsills to mark evidence. So, go ahead, wow. Teflon. I'm just thinking, like, do you, um, do you think that the the church done something to him? So yeah, yeah. It's probably, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, he probably probably someone in the church or the church has done something to him, and maybe that was his way of getting revenge, which is really fucked up, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the reason why I'm gonna say yeah, why why I'm saying yes to that Teflon. So I'm taking it back to Jamaica for a second. There are some churches, when I was growing up, there I call them the charismatic churches. Um, no, not, not them. <laughs> yeah, I call them the charismatic churches, where they're quick to condemn you to the pits of hell. They, they um, and <laughs> what was funny, what I found extremely humorous as I got older was that 80% of its members were single mothers, but yet they condemn young girls who are pregnant, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, all oh, the hypocrisy. You got saved and then you forgot you used to have sex too. Probably still are, but you keep it quiet. And they would do this thing called read people out in church. 
where if a member of the church got wind of some sinful thing that you did, they went up to the altar and they um, announced it to the entire church. Now, what about that is Christ-like or Christian? Not Nothing. Yes, they announced it to the whole church and now you have to sit on the back bench of the church because you are not worthy to sit amongst the regular congregation. So now we start to play God. Yes, that's, that's what happens in some of these charismatic churches. Like, what uh, part public, of that is Christianity? Shaming, Go ahead. Yeah, public, public shame you. Public shaming. What part of that is Christian? Hmm? That's what they do. And then we wonder why people scoff at Christianity. Because they are not doing it the way it's supposed to be done. They're not. They forgot. You see, they pick and choose what they want out of Scripture. But woe be unto them that do so. He without sin cast the first stone. We all sin in thought, word, and deed, and in what we have done and left undone. And we all, every single one of us needs to be repentant daily. But no, we don't count our sins. We count the sins of others. All right? So I wouldn't be surprised, Teflon, if he did something that went against their rules, their policies, their procedures, and that's why they had to part ways. Go ahead. I think it's you, Donald. Go ahead. When I make statement like... Christianity as we know it in the Caribbean has failed the Caribbean more than anything else. People get angry with me. There is not a single institution in the Caribbean that has the power like the black church. Not just in the Caribbean, Africa all over. Yet still, those churches continue to fail people, preparing you for a life in heaven while you're living in hell. They pool resources from the community, from the poor and vulnerable. They take all your tithes and your offering. They do nothing for the community. They look down on you, and they figure if they tell you as a teenager, do not fornicate, it will stop the urges. When in their youth groups, um, retreats, the most fornication happen. You take 20 and 40 young teenagers, put them in one place, and because you tell them lights out, you think they're not having sex? They're just delusional. You understand? And as I said, the amount of money that we go to the church. So when I have somebody that condemns sometime, we take in our money and put it into the church. If our four parents took 10% of the earnings and put it in an account that was giving them 1% over their lifetime, the black population would be rich in every aspect of the world. We put it in these institutions that do not invest back in us, that really do not care about us. You understand? Because it's the pastors and the people that is ordained by God who gets the benefit. Those of us that are normal folks who are more righteous than a lot of them, we are there to serve them. So when this pastor needs an airplane or a car or whatever, he comes to the church and he said, okay, we need to 
put tithes and offering to get a pastor a car. But when my child is getting thrown out of college because I don't have money to pay the tuition, he's telling me to pray. And when I don't get the money, it's because I don't have faith. <laughs> we have to stop the nonsense that goes on in these institutions. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying there are not churches that don't provide a net benefit to the public, and I'm not saying there are not churches that provide guidance and help people. But on a large scale, look at the Catholic Church. <laughs> we take that money from South America, from the Caribbean and these countries, and we put it in the Vatican, mm -hmm. where they drink in gold cup, where they have their own banks, when they tell us what to do. <laughs> but they do very little for our communities. Yes, they have a few schools here and there, but look at it over a period of time. The black churches and the Christian people in the Caribbean, we have to change our paradigm. Let's start looking out for one another. If you want people in the church, do more for the community. And your churches would be overfull. <laughs> people are seen through the smoke screen and people are tired of the hypocrisy. And there is nothing wrong with whatever you try to do spiritually and stuff like that, but people have to live in the here and now. And it's time we become an integral part of our community because we are an integral part of the community when it comes to everything else. But then there's this silence on the real issues that affect people. Thank That's you. I have to and, say. And, Thank you. And why do they always need money for the roof? It's always there's always a roof. <laughs> the church building fund. <laughs> listen, listen, the church building fund that all know the church can fix, the church can build. Yeah, the church building fund. But you know what? Nothing. No, who says you can't stay home? Who's, because as far as I know, them say where two or more are gathered, there he also shall be. So we can have church right here. We can have church right here. And I'm okay with the 10%. Don't get me wrong. I'm okay with the 10%. But what is that 10% being used for? Is it coming back? to the people meaning if sister mary is not able to pay her light bill we take care of it for her if sister um tabitha needs help or we have a, a group of elderly people who need to be able to go to their doctor's appointments you know what let's buy a church bus so we can facilitate them not just the pastor. Let's look about the shut-ins. It's about giving back to the people and helping the said people who are in need. It's not about the S-class Benz or the Learjet or the mansion in the subdivision that's gated or wearing the finest linings and have wearing a million dollars worth of jewelry to church. It's not, it's not what it's about, but we are a lot. You see, self. And that is why more and more, the older I get, the more I understand and the more I see clearly when the scripture says it is easier for a camel to get into the kingdom of heaven than it is for a rich man. And more and more you understand it is not money that is evil. Money, money by itself can do nothing. You know. It is the love of money. You love money more than you love mankind. And that is where the problem lies. And it's up and down in the churches. 
Unfortunately, I'm okay staying home. I'm okay staying home. Most church priests preach peace and love, but they practice hate. They practice hate in a lot of the religions. So if you don't do what Allah needs to do, I'm supposed to take care of you. If you don't do what Jesus needs to do, I'm supposed to crucify you. Because Jesus gave me the power as his chosen ones to judge you. But when I messed up, it's okay. But it didn't just pass the law. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I found a clip, a piece of the clip, the video I was referring to. Let me see. How much of it I can and spend Africa's money inside. Okay, hold on, let me go back to We've done enough talking, and dare I say we've had enough conferences and workshops. We know what we need to do. It is time just to do it. We've run out of excuses for the state of our continent. We have the manpower, we should have the political will. It is time to make Africa work. We have good reason to be proud of who we are and the beautiful continent that is ours with its vibrant cultures. The geographic space covered by Africa makes it the second largest of the seven continents. It has 30% of the world's remaining minerals of value. It is some of the most breathtaking scenes on our planet. It has plants and animals that are wonders of the world and critical for the survival of the globe. I hear a lot about the need to change our narrative and tell our own good story. Ladies and gentlemen, as the saying goes, nothing succeeds like success. If we work at it, if we stop being beggars and spend Africa's monies inside the continent, Africa would not need to ask for respect from anyone. We would get the respect we deserve. That's just a piece of it. We've done enough talking. Oops, sorry, let me close that up. That's just a piece of it. I'm trying to find the whole thing. But is he lying? He's not lying. Run rising, everybody. Good morning, Afo. How are you? I'm good. Uh, what have I been saying from you just start your rule before you go up on the ear? And every time I say, you know, uh, I don't know if, what, my pro-black come off too strong or something. I don't know, but I've been saying the same thing. That's the Ghana president, by the way. Um, but yeah, I've been saying this for a very long time, from before you even go up on the ear, from going to other rooms and stuff like that. Say, so, yo, Africa don't need nobody. The world need Africa. Africa have all the resources everybody need. That is why it's a, a, a race for Africa. You know what I mean? It no matter which country, them say are the first world or whatever they want to call themselves. All of them run to Africa. You know what I mean? Your smartphone. We have smartphone work or any smart device that Africa resources you need for all of that. You get what me I say? So with that said, all Africa need for do are just unite, get rid of these borders where them have, you know what I mean? Even one of them put it there, but them are whole lamp on it. All them need for do are just get rid of all of these borders, make African people be able to travel freely, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, within Africa, you get what I say, and 
uses resources them and build up um, um, uh, infrastructures, you know what I mean, for, for, for better manage them, all these resources that they have and sort it out amongst themselves, better them country and all these stuff. Then after, if you feel like you want to go outside and help others or, you know what I mean, then they can go ahead and, and extend your, your, your power and your resources. But sort out on yourself first. But again, as I say, I've been saying this for a very long time. Africa don't need nobody. The world needs Africa. Africa don't need the world. The world needs Africa. Plain and simple. You get me? They just need to just leg off of this greed amongst themselves and just leg a certain colonial behavior and infrastructure and just focus on them and them people. You get what I say? And, and build up Africa and then, as I said, they can go take it to the world and Alan. All right. Thank you, Afo. Thank you so much. All right. China's parliament backs Jinping for third term as president. Story courtesy of Al Jazeera. Jinping has secured a president-breaking third five-year term as China's president, a largely ceremonial role, putting him on track to remain in power for the rest of his life. The nearly 3,000 members of the National People's Congress, NPC, China's largely ceremonial parliament, voted unanimously for Jinping after the constitution was changed to remove the traditional two-term limit for the post. The NPC, whose members are appointed by the ruling Communist Party, cast 2,952 votes over Jinping over about an hour. No one voted against him. No candidate lists were distributed, and Jinping, as well as those who secured other posts, were believed to have run unopposed. The election process remains almost entirely shrouded in secrecy. Apart from the process by which delegates to the Congress placed four ballots into bright red boxes placed around the vast auditorium of the Great Hall of the People in Beijing, where they meet. Jinping was also unanimously named commander of the two million member People's Liberation Army. China's politics has extended into the era of winner-takes-all. That's according to Wen Song, an expert in Chinese politics at the Australian National University. Jinping is the biggest winner. Okay. So, question. Go ahead, go ahead. Morning, morning. Um, good morning, good morning, James. As, as I'm hearing that news, I'm just thinking about Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Donald called to congratulate. He's probably man, like, man, you're, like you did it before me. Like I had the plan, but you first me. <laughs> <laughs> Donny boy, Donald. Hey, Donald. Not you, Don. Not you, I, Donald. Donald. Let me get it right. <sighs> I, 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 you know what? That's why. That's why it, it it might seem like a joke, but like democracy is not something that's guaranteed forever. So, like, you know, in countries that 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 have democracy, you need to fight for it and don't take it for granted that it, it's going to be like that forever because mm -hmm. trust me Donald Trump got close to it he I wants think. to and I think he's going to try again if he gets into office no, I think no, he's going to try yeah but but the thing is like he set the blueprint and and he could have he could have been successful so who to, who to know that like who knows if like 
your president is not going to try something like that un until someone succeed, you know? You know what? Leave me alone with Ron DeSantis. <laughs> leave me alone. No, because, no, because see it, like, you see, you, you see the slogan already? Make America Florida? Yep. Yep, so you <laughs> never know. <laughs> we going to kill woke. You were correct moments. I have friends in high places. <laughs> but let me say that. Um, it's okay to say... Um, Xi Jinping is a dictator and all that, right? But if you look at the remodeling of China under Xi Jinping, he has, over the time, subtly galvanized support and consolidated everything around him very successfully. And he's not going anywhere soon. But if you look at his policies and his projection, Xi Jinping is not concern about the next five years. He is putting a legacy in place for China to dominate the world mm -hmm. in the next 50, 60, 100 years. Mm -hmm. And he has the backing and the support around him to do that. So sometimes while we're here focusing on two Mexicans going across the border and stuff like that, <laughs> he's putting policies, no, he's putting serious policies in place and making partnership and do not underestimate the Belt and Road Initiative. It might look subtle on the surface, but look even at some of the ports that is being strategically financed, whether they take them over or not. But look at the areas in which they have access, even along that same Belt and Road Initiative. They have a lot of money, and look at the kind of loans and stuff they're doing. And while the West has been focused on the, the people that was doing good, China, in the background, has been focusing on the outliers, the small, insignificant people. You understand? And they have been making inroads. One thing China has is people. Mm -hmm. And whereas we focus on China exporting products, China's biggest export is human resource. Mm -hmm. And whenever, wherever they go, they set up a base and they are loyal to the motherland. Africans could take a note from that. But here's the thing, Donald, you remember yesterday we spoke about, um, we had the story, China ready to help Caribbean with transition to solar energy. And I asked the question, what has the U.S. done when it comes to infrastructure? And yes, I think I remember um, Javet put in the chat that some schools were built, if I'm not mistaken. But really and truly, on a grand scale, what has the U.S. done? But not only that, China has been financing a lot of infrastructure projects that takes you directly to the valuable resource of every country. Yep. So they're building roads. In, so for instance, we take a loan, in, let's say, in Grenada to build a road from China. And we tie our airport into the deal. We have no tolls. I don't even think we have any road tax. At the end of the day, how are we going to service the road? The road itself cannot pay for the loan. So we have to divert funds from elsewhere. They know those things. So they're busy funding these projects that really cannot generate any revenue. They look good, and yes, it's good for probably the country. But sometimes the way we go about organizing these loans and so on, we cannot service these loans. And what happened? They come, they take our ports, they take our airports, and they take some of the most precious resources we have and they get them for pennies on the dollar. 
we have to rethink how we do things with China, but you can't blame the Chinese for doing what they do. No, you can't. No, you cannot. Thank you, Donna. Not at all. All right. Next up. <laughs> Teflon. What's nice for Barry Johnson's father? Well, BBC News is reporting that it's not right, according to a minister. saying servers are struggling yeah sound, not sure. sounds better now sounds better. sounds better now okay perfect thank you teflon so former prime minister boris johnson would not be wise to nominate his own father for a knighthood a government minister has said speaking on bbc question time immigration minister robert jenrick said prime ministers should absolutely not hand honors to family members a uh, question Teflon, what's the purpose of a knighthood of being um, bestowed the, what you call it, knightship? What's the purpose of it, really? Nothing really. It's just a title, just just um, a recognition. That's all it is, just to feel important. That's it? It's just a title, yeah. Like So when you stand in front of the TV, they can say, they can put... <laughs> The, the title next to your name. That's all it is. Nothing, nothing more. You know, you know how you know how you stand in front of the TV and they'll, you have PhD, doctor, yeah. this and that. It's just another title. That's all it is. Just looking important. So, of course, Teflon, you know I jumped on Google, right? A knighthood is a title that is given to a man by a British king or queen for his achievements or his service to his country. So, what achievements has boris johnson's father had over there probably um creating or bringing into the world of fool in it oh lord have mercy <laughs> i'm sorry I, i'm trying to get over this one no, seriously, I don't know what he's done. Um, I know he he, he he has done some stuff like way back in the days, yeah, but there's nothing significant for him to get out of knighthood. There's no achievements, there's no nothing. I don't, I, don't, I just feel like they just, they just give them out. It's, it's like, um, <laughs> it's like oh, you, you, you get a knighthood, you get a Gosh, oh, we needed this. We needed. <laughs> we needed the I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Listen. So, of course, um, Labour has called on Prime Minister Rishi Sunak to block the nomination. But hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta tell you this one too. Um, 
as prime minister, I don't know if you all remember when he um, nominated his brother, Joe, to join the House of Lords. <laughs> anyway, what's the female equivalent for knighthood? What, what is it? Uh, is it knighthood still? Or is, what's, what, what? I, I don't even know. Don't you want to be? Don't you want to be bestowed with the title of knighthood? <laughs> and then you kneel before me, and I take this sword and I tap it on one shoulder to the other shoulder. Lord have mercy! You know, let me behave myself. I, I need to respect the monarchy and the British, the UK, because we're still under their rule in Jamaica. We're not independent in Jamaica. Don't no, no go fool any of you. Jamaica still reports to the <laughs> Oh gosh. Ooh. Okay, stop. Get it together. Really get it together. So, anybody ever wondered about this? But the true story. Okay, so, okay, so it's a dame. Oh, I'm. Oh, Dave. Oh, and I was looking at the chat because Tasha put in there, Dame. Tasha put yeah, Dame. Put, yeah, yeah. So y'all better call me Dame Moment. <laughs> I'm bestowing it on myself. You know <clears throat> I gotta take a quick break. No trying to vet i'm trying to stick to my timeline we are going to be having the conversation um surrounding co-parenting stick around for that coming up after the music break we have more news for you we have stories out of north america business and tech and health and science yeah i think we can get it done before 12 o'clock but that's the way I want it Because my body must feel What me say Hey, I know you lose them and treat them No no style I cover up them body and I go like them shy When me want me man, me just be man, me ride Take out the weapon like a jockey, me a glide Sometimes me boss well like a big bitch kite Flow 
road pan it up and dilly dally two side you want it Hard gold gentler mile in a slow motion a acrobatic style Smooth sailing pan a boat ride In a the rain a the brawling sun Send me with slide back boogie cause me bone them no hole Rock to the blues get out of control Boat the dance butterfly and wet up him soul Get aggressive sometime make him weep and moan He will beat pan the bed and bounce it pan the floor Ladies are make the good time all you want it Hard gold gentler mile in a slow motion a acrobatic style Smooth sailing pan a boat ride In a the rain a the brawling sun Hell cast on me lima sauce And it's him a chatting get the 50 pound weight Way under me back when me print it two times It's a Latin and French I show me signals and me even do it again Oh it's so sweet Him start to cry tears When me cheap a bit up and draw extra gear You want it hard gold gentler mile In a slow motion a acrobatic style Smooth sailing pan a boat ride In a the rain a the brawling sunshine it's raining, my body's calling I'm in need of my darling Call me on the fire And I'm hearing Thank you to everyone listening on JanoRadio.com And QMZRadio.com Keep it locked See I'm here, did I look for? No, you have me from the summer till the winter How do you do, 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 do The way my touch your body, girl, I am a pleaser Oh, solo, this one's for you. I know you love Tony Matahan. Magic! They know you're bad, so. Like a me, you are mad, so. You're just a ticket and a ticket and you make me feel glad, so. Yeah, you are blow my mind. I give you one more wine, even when I said I weren't go. Thank you to everyone rocking with me right here on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. Thank you so much. Getting you ready for the weekend. We're inside the Friday mix, Freestyle Friday. Honoring women. So you're only going to hear songs from women or collabs with women. As we continue to celebrate and honor women's interest. Well, women's history month. Coming, Mama Heavy, Twinkle, whatever you call her, Jada Kingdom. Them can't believe I'ma get all this ass long in my jeans. They want for marry me fast by any means. Call me on the fatty bum bum where them need. Yeah, yeah, come give me that. I love me some Jada. Heavy. You know I'm heavy, 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 yeah. And them other girl no ready, 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 me say. I think you're talking about Steph London, 16 shots, that one, Tasha. Yeah, caution sign, cause me will damage you. Better brace yourself when me walk it up, cause my bumper heavy, heavy. Them can't believe I'ma get all this ass long in my jeans. Them want for marry me fast by any means. Call me on the fatty bum bum where them need. Yeah, yeah, come give me that love. 
just a glow like pepper light Smile show your pretty thing for your teeth white You not feel with your name brand for your look right Fashion over my jeans grip the ass like You're pretty funny grandma you're pretty in a real life You a walking trophy You a walking trophy My girl you a walking trophy Tell your friends them a walking trophy Girl you know so you're pretty from your body Walk out girl you not try hard Them girl they not pretty in a real life You're pretty funny grandma you're pretty in a real life Your body look good, sick, right, sick, right You think don't know pussy, you don't think well, yeah Body clean as my cellar light And your skin just a glow like pepper light You have a muggle pan some girl Walk out pan some girl Your skin smooth while sun burn up some girl I want to some girl But pretty girl not argue with broke girl Me well clean everything level up girl Some of them only a crush pan Wednesday But me live by your man mind everything all right, thank you for this one, Hood Celebrity. We are all walking trophies. And it's time for us to go ahead and get back to business if I intend to meet my 12 o'clock deadline for our conversation that we're having at the top of the hour. All right, time for stories out of North America. First up, Vancouver girl missing since 2018. Found safe in Mexico, returned home safely. Story courtesy of CNN via WSVN. An eight-year-old girl who has been missing since October 2018 has been safely returned to the United States after being found in Mexico, according to the FBI. The FBI says Aranza Maria Ochoa Lopez was found safe last month in Michoacan. I hope I said it right, Mexico, by Mexican authorities. She was taken back to the U.S. by FBI special agents. Aranza was kidnapped by her mother, Esmeralda Lopez. Lopez, yes, she has Lopez, Lopez, twice as her last name. And that happened on October 25, 2018. And unfortunately, that was during a court-supervised visitation at Vancouver Mall. It was determined that Aranza had been taken to Mexico for more than four years. The FBI and parents did not give up on Aranza, and partners, sorry, did not give up on Aranza. Uh, yeah, so she's back where she belongs. Esmeralda Lopez was arrested in Puebla, Mexico in 2019 and extradited to Clark County. In January 2021, Lopez was sentenced to 20 months in prison after pleading guilty to second-degree kidnapping, second-degree robbery, and first-degree custodial interference. All right. Next up, major Canadian school board recognizes caste-based discrimination. Toronto's school board, the largest in Canada, joins a growing push to ban discrimination based on caste in North America. Al Jazeera.com is reporting the school board for the city of Toronto has become the first in Canada to recognize the existence of discrimination based on caste. And what is that? A system of social stratification from South Asia that stretches back thousands of years. In a vote on Wednesday, the Toronto District School Board voted 16-5 in favor of recognizing caste-based discrimination and moving to create a framework for addressing it. The motion was introduced by Board Trustee Yalini. This motion is not about division. It is about creating healing and empowering communities and 
providing them safer schools that students deserve. Wednesday's vote is the most recent example of a growing trend in North America to acknowledge and combat discrimination based on caste. Under the caste system, those occupying the low, lower levels of the social hierarchy endure persistent discrimination, abuse, and sometimes violence. In countries with large South Asian communities like the U.S., members of the Dalit community, also known as untouchables, have pushed to ban casteism. In February, Seattle, Washington became the first city in the United States to ban discrimination based on caste. So, February, which February? This February? This, what year? Hold on a second. What year are we in? I, I'm, I think I'm sleeping. Is this 2023? February 2023, Seattle became the first city. I think we're onto something here. I think we have to make a black cast in America. Listen, thank you, Donald, for going, getting, opening the gate before I got there. Thank you. Yes. But hold on a second. I didn't even know that caste discrimination existed in the U.S. I'm not going to lie. I'm living on that rock. Call me whatever you want to call me. I did not know. It can't be February of this year. I think they forgot the year. In February, Seattle, Washington became the first city in the United States to ban discrimination based on caste. Like racism, casteism is a system of oppression. It is very real and growing. It is a growing problem in our country and our local communities, but one that is not understood by most Americans. My mother. What year is this again? Somebody wake me up. Tell, tell me when we're in 2023. Can somebody tell me when we get to 2023? Because this sounds like we're in um, 19 how long. I think it's a system that's prevalent in places like India right now still. Very prevalent. I can understand it in India and it should not be there, but why is it here in North America? Why? Why is it tolerated? It's 2023. Next up, Missouri law bans police from helping federal gun investigations deemed unconstitutional. Story courtesy of PaulaAlert.com. The federal judge in Missouri has ruled that a statute limiting local authorities from enforcing federal gun laws is a violation of the U.S. Constitution. The ruling was handed down by United States District Court Judge Brian Wimes on Tuesday a devastating blow to gun activists and Republicans who advocated for the bill known as the Second Amendment Preservation Act. The law prohibits local officers from assisting agencies such as the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives. Some police forces have had to withdraw from task forces led by federal investigators in response to the law. A $50,000 fine for each violation made the departments even more reluctant to participate in specific investigations. Missouri Governor Mike Parson signed the bill in 2021, claiming it was meant to protect gun owners from excessive policing. 
According to Wimes, the act breaches the supremacy clause of the U.S. Constitution, which mandates that federal laws take precedence over state laws in the event of a dispute. While he acknowledges that the bill was meant to protect citizens, it exposes them to greater harm. U.S. Attorney General Mary Garland praised the ruling, while Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey said he was prepared to escalate the matter to a higher court. As for now, Wimes has deemed the law void, so police can resume participating in federal gun investigations with no repercussions. <sighs> yes, Javette, you're absolutely right. So I just checked the chat. Um, and the comment that was made is re it's in relation to the story that was read previous. I mentioned before, most of those slavery laws are still on the books. And we, are we doing anything about it? Do they want to do anything about having them removed? I think not. Otherwise, they would have got to work a long time ago. Upset my equilibrium this morning. <laughs> Time for us to do some business and get into some business and tech news. First up, Delta Airlines accidentally sends 13 suitcases to a woman whose luggage got destroyed. Accidentally, okay. A woman whose luggage was damaged on a recent trip says Delta Airlines accidentally sent her 13 replacement suitcases. Uh, Delta destroyed my suitcase. I filed a claim. They agreed to replace it. She captioned the video. She got a notification that she had some packages. And the video shows numerous large boxes from Ricardo Beverly Hills. It turns out they were all new suitcases. 13 Ricardo Beverly Hills bags later. I think they made a mistake, she said. The video shows the mountain of suitcases arranged throughout her living room. It's called Interior Design, sweetie. Look it up. She captured the clip. She said she did end up sending the extra suit. You know something? Some of us are real idiots. Some of us are real idiots. Some of us are idiots. Teflon. Just like just just like what Ginny said earlier. Uh, yes. The, the, the plumber. Seven hundred and fifty k. Some people are so dumb. Like if you if you find. If you find those suitcases, why even make it news? Like, why would you? Some people it? are just why, why stupid, man. Why is it in the news? I don't, I don't understand. If, if Virgin sent me thirteen um, suitcase bison, you think I, you think it would be in the news? I don't know. Let's... I just think it's attention seeking, isn't it? Dumb, dumb, dumb. So, uh, 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 one of their suitcases, you know, probably. Let me, let me go to their website directly because I'm thinking about two hundred dollars for I'm one, right? I'm on eBay. Exactly. You get like half price. You reduce the price a little bit, and just keep one or keep two. Hold on. Let me go back to the picture of what the one she got and see. Okay, so the ones she got look like they average about ah uh, three hundred dollars. Somebody do the maths real quick. 
She got how many of them? 13. All right, say I keep three for myself. 10 times three, that's what, $3,000 or so? That's almost four grand, three, three, nine. She not have no sense. I'm telling you, you know, just like the plumber. You find $750,000 in the church, hidden in the wall. Somebody put it there. It didn't magically get there. Somebody skimmed it and put it there. A lot of times in life, we get our blessings and we turn it right over to somebody else who laughing at us and calling us idiots. In the name of good name, I will not get well, a dollar fee. It's rewards in heaven, as they say. It's gonna get, yeah, it's gonna get rewards in heaven. So, like some people are so stupid. So, what did she send everything back? She said, Let me tell you, hold on, let me tell you, let me tell you. She said she sent back the extra one. So, I don't know how she kept, hold on a second. She said she ended up sending the extra suitcases back, and that Delta let her keep one extra for, for being honest and forthcoming. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Look at that. You got one extra. So you got to, you know, you got the one replaced and then you got an extra one. And she had to return the 11. Damn idiot. Sorry. My scruples. My scruples went out the door. It's like people find money. No owner, no tag, no nothing. And I'm going to turn it into the police. And then the police will, will then share amongst themselves. <laughs> I agree, Gina. Gina said, I'll go ask the priest. I don't need the priest. I go straight to the source. Father, forgive me for I have sinned in thought, word, and deed. I don't need the priest, Gina. <laughs> Gina said, I'll go ask the priest for forgiveness after I sell them on eBay. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Lord have mercy. Help us, Father. Help us. Anyway, next up. U.S. regulators to investigate Tesla for steering wheels that can fall off. <laughs> what the hell is going on with Elon and Twitter and Tesla? Things fall apart. Who wrote that book? Chinu. What's his name? Remind me. Oh, my gosh. Didn't you all do that book in high school? Things fall apart. Oh, gosh. Ah. <laughs> I'm trying to read the story. Let me get myself together. CNN is reporting federal safety regulators are investigating Tesla's Model Y SUV after at least two instances in which owners said their steering wheels became detached while the vehicle was being driven. The self-driving or what? Self-driving the going get. The car said, get this thing out. I don't need this. I can't drive myself. Oh, Jesus. That had to be frightening, though. It had to be frightening. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration is looking at the 2023 model year. It said in the two instances in which the steering wheel came off, the cars were delivered to buyers without the retaining bolt that attaches the steering wheel to the steering column. The report from the agency did not say if there were accidents or injuries as a result of the problem. You know, Chinua Achibe. Thank you, Javet. Yes, that's him. Things fall apart. <laughs> uh, 
just last month they did a recall of 3470 cars almost every month they're doing recalls on their vehicles at this point um y'all go back to the lab and get these cars right okay next up states raking billions from taxes on weed sales here's where the money goes before i read the story do we still have people locked up in jail for weed and in the Caribbean, we're still locking them up, not just have them lock up, we're still locking them up while we're trying to sell medical marijuana license. Uh, you see something wrong with us? Somebody need a smoke. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Well, according to Ed, go ahead, Dre. Not Dre, sorry, Teflon, Teflon, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, my friend, my friend got locked up for six weeks. He was on holiday. You got you got you got caught driving. He was smoking. He was just smoking a split while I was driving. They locked him up for six weeks. Six weeks. Mom, yeah, and his mum his mum had to come and bail him out. They had, he had to, um he had to pay about can't remember how much it was, but I think it was like uh, equivalent to two hundred pound. Yeah, six weeks. Like, yeah, six weeks plus two hundred pound. And this was on his holiday. Poor <laughs> girl. Yeah, he spent six weeks in, in um, yeah, six weeks in jail for his holiday. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Somebody explain to me. Somebody explain to me how the heck this makes sense that state states are raking in billions from taxes, but yet people are in jail. But anyway, let me go ahead and read the story. NPR.org is reporting. Oklahoma voters on Tuesday resoundingly rejected legalizing recreational marijuana, deciding not to join 21 other states and the District of Columbia. Approving the ballot measure would have raised tens of millions of dollars in new annual tax revenue for the state. In a special election, voters turned down state question H20 by more than 20 percentage points. Had it passed, the measure would have brought the state new money from a 15% excise tax on top of its existing 4.5% sales tax for cannabis sales. With the vote, Oklahoma joined three other states, Arkansas, North Dakota, and South Dakota, that have rejected recreational marijuana in recent months. But in states that have embraced legalization, revenue from the legal sale of marijuana to adults 21 and older has been a boon to state coffers, raking in billions of dollars a year from hefty taxes and other fees. Those funds have helped finance everything from the public schools to state health insurance, attracting the attention of lawmakers and voters even in some of the most red states. The no vote was likely bolstered by Republican Governor Kevin Stitt's opposition. At a news conference last month, he said the biggest reason he was against the measure is that marijuana remains a controlled substance on the federal level. There shouldn't be a patchwork of states doing different things, he said. We need to let the feds tell us if it's legal or illegal. We should not let the states tell us that. Well, some states make billions off a legal pot. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma will remain legal for medical marijuana. <laughs> Colorado, Colorado went early because they were some of the wonderful states. They went from one of the most healthy states to one of the most sickly states in one year. 
because of medical marijuana. Hmm. I think recently they had to give a refund to people because they collect so much taxes, they had to pay back from marijuana sales. Hmm. And it's just a matter of time because these Republicans, sorry to say, when they realize the amount of money they're missing out on, they will give up Jesus for that collection. <laughs> But you ain't lying. You're not lying. Because they love money. They love money. But anyway. All right. Okay, so many um, are speaking out against the bold glamour filter, which is seemed to, you know, push unrealistic beauty standards. It's on TikTok. Well, NPR.org is reporting. When Annie Luong opened up TikTok recently, she could not escape the filter that has been dominating her feed. It's called Bold Glamour. And yes, I noticed it too when I opened my TikTok. I'm like, that's not me. That's not me. I just saw a lot of girls turning on this filter and their reaction to the filter and how it was such an advanced filter. So I wanted to try it. But some of these filters, you don't have to turn them on. If they're the hottest thing, the minute you open up your TikTok, bam, it's right there. You have to turn it off. So this filter goes far beyond putting a face-altering layer over someone's image. TikTok has remained cagey about how bold glamour works, but experts say it uses advanced artificial intelligence to remold a face into something entirely new. Noses are thinned, chins are more sculpted, cheeks are raised, and eyes are brightened as a process known as machine learning remaps people's faces. The results of captivated lesions of TikTokers, bold glamour, has been viewed on the platform more than 400 million times since it was released last month. You know, that will lead to catfishing. Didn't they they have that on Snapchat um, before TikTok? I, I never had Snapchat. Is it possible? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that feature's always been around. I think Snapchat started it. I don't know if this is a new, like, a enhanced version of it, but I know it's been around. People just put um, that thing over over their face, like, makes you look totally different. Um, makes you look like you've applied makeup and all of that. But yeah, definitely, man. This is definitely gonna encourage catfishing. You know, you, you set you set up. Um, um, what, what apps do they use now? Is it Tinder or uh, Bumble or whatever? And then you just yeah. you just create, you just enhance your picture with um thing, with the um TikTok thing, and then you just link up with someone. When when you meet up here, it's like someone different. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, I think it's good. yeah. And but Javet, you made a very valid point, which I was going to get to next. So in the chat, Javet put. Excuse me. On the news yesterday, it was said this will be another thing that will become a detriment to a person's self-esteem. It will make more people want plastic surgery. And you're absolutely right, because now here they are pushing onto us that the perfect person is supposed to have a thin, straight nose. Your cheekbones are supposed to be high. Your, your chin is supposed to be narrow. By whose standards? Whose standards are we using to determine what you ought to look like? 
by social media. Go ahead, media. Teflon. All, all, all these social media models. It's 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 them, isn't it? When you go on so when you go on Instagram, all those Instagram models, they're the ones that are creating all of this. And then I don't know. It's just I I, I just think that it's people with um, low self-esteem, uh, weak-minded people that kind of fall for that trap. You know, um, not not everyone is able to embrace their natural looks, you know, and be proud of it. Some people are just, like, weak-minded. So um, these features are made for people like that. Yeah. Uh, especially if, they, if especially if they was bullied when they was at school for not looking like the average person, you know. It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy indeed. And now parents have to work even harder to convince their children you are beautiful just as you are. Understand that your true beauty lies within. It's how you treat people. It's how you exist as a human being. Because everything... Just, yeah, go ahead, Tev. I, I, just, I just think it's social media because when we was growing up in the 80s, there was no social media and, and we never used to have this problem. Like People didn't have to put on the facade to look like something else people used to just embrace it although people used to get bullied but you had no choice just embrace it and you kind of get used to how you look and you get used to embracing it but now because of social media you got tiktok you got instagram you got all these instagram models um convincing people that this is how you're supposed to look and most of the times it's not even natural like a lot a lot of them is all makeup bbl um, facelifts and all of that, you know what I mean? It's just like misleading people. People yeah. look at them and think that this is how they look. They don't look nothing like that. When you when you see them in real life, they wipe up, wipe up all that makeup here. They don't look nothing like that. And a lot of them have fake bodies, you know what I mean? Everything's fake. So it's just Everything. really unfair. It's, it's unfair that they're just deceiving people and making people feel shit about themselves. Yeah. Uh, and we all like know... Like my AIR? <laughs> Sonette, who is that, Sonette? It's an AI-generated art person. No oh, one. This person doesn't exist? Um, mm -hmm. There may be someone who looks a lot like her, but it's an AI-generated person. Wow. I've been playing with it. I don't I don't hate the way I look. I was playing with pictures. <laughs> so, so let me ask you a question. Do you put upload your picture and then it gives spits out different ones? Um, not for this pro program. For this program, I wrote what I wanted to see. I wanted an Afropunk girl with locks, dark skin, and a t-shirt. And that's what I got. Can you do one for me? Uh, let me tell you what I want. I don't oh, even oh. know what I want. <laughs> we, we, can, we can, yeah, totally write down what you think, and I can create some stuff and send it to you. Yeah, for sure. It's fun. Okay, so you met me. You met me. I yeah. think you kind of have an idea of my personality, but uh -huh. you, you, I leave it to you because I, I don't know what the heck I would want. I want to see what they would spit out for me. So, so, sure. so, so you, yeah. you, you know, you can create one on chat GBT now. I saw one guy on, on YouTube. Um, what he does, yeah, he, he just puts in a description of what he wants the person to collect. And then uh -huh. chat GBT will, will, will write out a code. And then there's a program that you, you post, you paste the, um, the coding and then text, uh -huh. can, you, you can literally see it like drawing this image creating oh. i think how, how it originally started is for um i think it started with published book publishers so when they get chat, chat dvt to um create a book for them 
they, they then try to create a character for the book and then they give it a description. So then the guy then you done it differently and said, you know, I'm going to create someone. And then he just told it exactly what he wants it to look like, personality, everything. And it's crazy. It gives you four variations and then you can choose one. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, this, this I, AI thing is just too much, man. <laughs> I haven't used ChatGPT for anything um, graphic, only text. So that would be interesting to try. That yeah, but do it for me, Sana, because I would love to see what it looked like, and then I could possibly use that for my OnlyFans, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, love it. You're yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> uh, good question in the chat, Tasha. Let's keep it moving before he gets back. We're not going to stay too long. <laughs> <laughs> Alpha, we messing with you. We messing with you, Alpha. Not because we don't want Alpha to come read us all. Alpha Graves, pray for us, right? Alpha, Alpha, be quiet. All right. Okay. So, interesting. Yeah, I might do that for my OnlyFans. I, you all think I'm joking. I haven't done OnlyFans because I don't want to put my face. I don't want to put my face. But listen, these bills got to get paid. <laughs> the way things. Don't listen. I think Afo is used to me by now. He know I'm not too alright upstairs. But this song, I think, is the breakout song for 2022-2023. So we're gonna talk about the true story behind the stars. More alcohol song. Oh, I've been drinking more alcohol for the past five days Did you check on me? Now did you look for me? I walked in the room, my red and I don't smoke banga Did you check on me? Did you check on me? Now did you notice me? Nobody we know the paranoia Cause I put a smile on my face Said you can never face And if you don't know me well at all You won't see how buried I am inside my grave Inside my grave Cause you see people, 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 people Don't really know you They don't really know you Cause you see people, people Check on me
people check on me. Attend a cry for help that captured her at a crushing low point. It has been streamed more than 150 million times since December, which tells me that there are so many of us that can relate to this song. From the depths of despair, Labianca, or Libianca rather, created a song that changed her life. It's been number one for eight weeks on the UK's Afrobeats chart. This Friday, it is poised to enter the official top 10, a first from, for an artist from Cameroon. Libyanka said, my whole life changed in a matter of hours. I woke up in the morning and things had just flipped over. If you've heard people, you'll know it from the hook alone. I've been drinking more alcohol for the last five days. Did you check on me? Sings a 22-year-old, her voice melancholy and mellifluous over a simple music box accompaniment. The lyrics discuss her experience of the rare mood disorder, cyclothymia, which causes emotional ups and downs that are similar to, but less extreme than, those of bipolar disorder. And it's my first time hearing about this disorder, I'll be very honest. She wrote the song last November after throwing a Thanksgiving party where she felt invisible. I had been at a low point of my life for at least two weeks and I was just like I can't take any more of this there you know there were self-harmful thoughts overthinking really anxious a bunch of things going on in my head she said while her friends were celebrating Libyanka spent much of the night crying in the bathroom when she came downstairs no one noticed her puffy red eyes no one asked how she was. They simply offered her a drink. She said, I felt like I was drowning in it and nobody could see me and I just needed some help. So I decided, you know what? Let me just go in the studio because I feel better when I've done something productive. That helps me. It wasn't expecting for people. I wasn't expecting for people to come out. I was just, you know, talking about how I was feeling. I couldn't write about anything else. Retreating to the studio in her Minneapolis home, her feelings flooded out unfiltered. The hook, she says, is the raw truth about her drinking. For days, she had been consuming tequila and ouzo with wine chasers in an attempt to blot out her depression. Whenever I was drunk, I didn't feel sad, so... Why not just drink some more? Clearly, after a few days, I was like, I can't keep going like this. I can't keep waking up every morning hungover. But the key to the song is the, repeat, the repeated refrain of, did you check on me? It's a post-pandemic plea to ask your friends how they're really coping. After COVID, 
I feel like a lot of people became isolated. And no matter what anybody's going through, if you ask them, how are you doing? The first thing they're going to say is, I'm fine. And I do have my hand raised. It's an automatic response. And I think what people is doing is breaking that spell and helping people to be more vulnerable and say, I'm not doing well. I really need a hug from you right now. The reaction has been overwhelming. My question, how many of us pay attention to those we live with? How many of us look at our partners and recognize that their countenance is not what it always is? Sometimes we don't need a word. Sometimes all we need is a hug, a kiss on the cheek, on the shoulder. A rub on the back. It's going to be okay. Sometimes we just need someone to listen. No response. Just listen. And it can happen right in your home, right where you are. doesn't have to go beyond those walls. We are so accustomed to being around our loved ones that we don't even pay attention the way we ought to. We have to change how we interact show that we truly care go right ahead moments you know you you're probably the first person to play well in my circle um or i listen to a lot of my friends are djs i've listened to a lot of my afrobeat um um djs um all the big stations you're the only person that's played this song i've, I've never heard the first time you played it, it really like, yeah, yeah, it really like sunk in, man. And I think, he, yeah, you're definitely the first person that's played it. Like, I don't know, really like it. Man. Every time I hear it, it just gives me chills. Yes, it does. I don't, it, I don't know if you, you remember when you played it. You played it on one of your shows. Yes, I remember. And yeah, that's the first time I've heard it. Like, I've, everyone, all the airwaves... But it's only now that people are starting playing it now. People are now playing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a nice song. I'm glad I stumbled upon the song on TikTok. I stumbled upon her on TikTok. She didn't have any followers, so to speak, then. She did not. She was not known. The song was not known. And I was like, whoa, this song speaks to me. It does. I have at some point in my life gone through where you just drink because it shuts out everything. And remember when I said, and I'm going to use this song to take us into our 12 o'clock segment. See, Javette, I'm doing it, girl. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Um, you know, I remember when I said, I don't talk. I'd rather sit and suffer because I know what I have experienced. When you share whatever it is that you share, oh, girl, please be quiet. What you got to complain about? Everybody thinks because of certain things, you should be okay. You have nothing going on with you. Oh, I wish I had your life. Really? You don't want my life. You don't want what it comes with. 
not that I'm not grateful for my life. I am extremely grateful. But people, we need to stop looking at other people's lives and think that they truly have it better than we do. That's something that helps to put us in that zone too, right? Oh, Jenny, and we put a lot of pressure. Go ahead, go ahead. Jenny said she was on The Voice. Oh, sing, she sang that song yes. on The Voice? I'm, I'm not sure. Put it in the chat, Julie. Put it in the chat. Yeah, so we I'm going to play this song, and it's going to take us into our 12 o'clock segment, which I com I'm committed to. We're going to be talking about, is platonic co-parenting possible? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. From been drinking more alcohol for the past five days Did you check on me? Now did you look for me? I walked in the room, eyes are red and I don't smoke banga Did you check on me? Did you check on me? Now did you notice me? Nobody we know the paranoia Cause I put a smile on my face If I said you can never face don't know me well at all. You won't see how buried I am inside my grave. Inside my grave. Cause you see people, 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 people don't really know you. They don't really know you. Cause you see people, 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 they don't really know you. segment we're going to be talking about platonic co-parenting thank you javette for sending so let me 
you know, I'm here pulling up everything but what Javette sent to me. <laughs> Forgive me. Because I I did a little research last night, pulled went to a couple websites and put some um extracted some information. All right. Um, but let me go to the original uh Javette, 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 where are you? Why are you not showing up here? Javette, Javette. Okay, here we go. Okay, so let me grab this out of uh, IG. So the question, well, before we even get to that, yesterday we spoke about the article where the woman allegedly stabbed three children to death and now her twin sister was charged with the same crime. We had a healthy conversation as it relates to mental health and um, what you call it, postpartum depression. And that there is no switch to turn off postpartum depression. It can be days, weeks, months, even years. And when you couple or pair postpartum depression with external factors, such as your finances, health, family, um, family dynamics, a partner being present or absent, other children, work. When you put all of that in the pot, the truth is mothers don't have the time to get their mental state in check. We really don't. Because the minute that child comes out, whether vaginally or via cesarean section, it's go. Go, and you can't stop. Even when you're lying in bed, your mind is on that child. Because you are going to be judged for the rest of your life based on the outcome of your child. Your child's successes, your child's failures. And nobody worries or wonders if you're okay. Nobody gives us a handbook. There is no handbook. Go figure it out. Ah, such a cute bouncing baby boy, bouncing baby girl. All right, carry on now. Bye. You have the baby, and in less than 24 hours, you're kicked out of a hospital. No one knows if you have truly mastered the art of latching, if you've considered, uh, if you're going the route of um, breastfeeding. Nobody talks to you about the emotional roller coaster that you're going to go on as your hormones try to regulate themselves again. Nobody tells you about the cramping you're going to feel as you breastfeed. Nobody tells you that you're going to fall asleep while breastfeeding. All, we're, all that happens to us is we're judged. That's it. We're judged. And as I said, we're judged depending on the outcome of our children. Even if it's not our fault. Even if it's not our fault, we are judged. All right? But it led to this conversation, um, co-parenting. And the need for 
fathers to step up. And I remember saying, you don't have to be involved with the mother, be involved with the child. For us, it's a, for mothers, it's a 24-hour-a-day job, 365. For the men who choose to stay away, it's a one-day or a two-day or a couple hours a day, a week, a month, sometimes one time for the year. Everything is left on the mother, right? Now, we don't have all the facts surrounding this story. Because from our understanding, as we were made aware, um, she was doing visitation where she goes to visit. So clearly she doesn't have custody of the children. What happened that caused her to make this decision to stab her children, three of them dying? We don't know. We really don't know. But postpartum could be a part of the mix. And unfortunately, in our community and within communities of color, postpartum is the last thing that is considered. My question was yesterday, are we educating mothers, soon-to-be mothers, new mothers, on how to diagnose postpartum within themselves do we as a community even know how to recognize postpartum depression right and of course it led to another conversation rosola wasn't here yesterday and i didn't get a chance to speak to her yesterday i remember talking about us um right before the pandemic having launched um or establishing exhale and embrace which we wanted to do as a brunch, but a brunch with a twist, not the typical, you know, you come in your sit mimosas and your kiki kaka, but a rehabilitation of sorts, where it's about your mind, your body, your soul. I need to talk to her when she gets I'm ready to talk. Oh, oh, you're back. Okay, you're here. You're here. Yeah. I have a flat tire. I had to have a nail in one of my tires. Oh, as you said, uh, thank you for saying that, Rosolo. Oh, Marlon, um, one of the tires on the car has low, low pressure. <laughs> it came on. I just wow. remember. Wow. Oh my gosh. As I, I was dropping the boys to school. Thank you for, I hope you're okay though, Rosolo. I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Yeah. It's another day, another day, another day. Okay. Another day, another dollar. Anyway, so yes. let me get serious for a second. So yesterday, Rosolo, mm -hmm. I, I know we were talking about what to do for birthday plans. And yesterday on the show, I said, this is it. I want to reignite. I want us to get back to um, exhale and embrace. Perfect. You know, I was going to ask you about it when we were talking the other day on the phone, if you wanted to do that, because remember I said we could just do a brunch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's perfect. I totally agree. Okay. I totally agree. And we have enough time to plan it. I'm actually doing a wellness brunch here in Atlanta. Um, okay. Next week. So okay. that's under three motions. But exhale and embrace. Everything is ready. Logo is ready. Everything is ready. We just have to plan it. Yeah. We have our, yeah, we have, yeah. So we're going to get it. And I um, enlisted, or I, um, <clears throat> I'm putting it nicely. I was very presumptuous by uh -huh. calling some people on board who are in the room. So, uh, who did you call on board? <laughs> uh, Javed, Sanet, oh. Tasha. Tasha. <laughs> <laughs> At this yes. point, I'm just bringing, I, you know, bringing everybody on um, because, and Donald made a great suggestion too. 
And I'm thinking I'm going to do it. I'm going to let us open up a club on Clubhouse for Exhale and Embrace. I think so too. Where yes, people can, because we need a no judgment zone where people can yeah. be able to just release. It's, you know, and there are certain places where we get into that, but I don't, you know, I want to get back to this. So, um, Javette sent over a post on Instagram, and this is what it says. A man should still be allowed to take his baby mother out. I don't like the term baby mother, but that's what he put. Take his baby mother out from time to time, regardless of his relationship status. Her mental and emotional well-being is important for the child's environment. So, can I provide y'all with a perspective real quick? That's a question that was posed under the post what if we started to normalize platonic friendships while co-parenting it is wild that we seem to understand the importance of social interactions for friends family business dealings platonic friendships but we draw the line at co-parenting all friendships don't have to be romantically involved there's nothing wrong with discussing family or state of affairs with your co-parent one-on-one um, one -on -one over a meal or drink. Co-parents can and should have more in common with just the children. Twitter is in uproar over this take. I know the family on the IG side will help set the record straight. Talk to me. Hmm. So I jumped on google real quick and i you know i put in co-parenting and i got a couple of things eight keys for co-parenting success after divorce or breakup how to be a co-parent with an ex when you still have feelings and um this other one co-parenting um with children to rules that should be unanimous meaning both parents you can't have one set of rules at dad's house and another set at mom's house so I'm glad this came up because I do believe that co-parenting could be a big help when it comes to a woman's mental well-being. So I'm going to throw it out there before I jump to the comments. How do you all feel? Is it possible to co-parent in a healthy way? Absolutely. I'm so go ahead. Yes, yeah, Sonette yeah, was going. Go I, ahead, I was Sonette. just trying to ask a clarifying, clarifying question. Are you asking about the original post about um, taking out your baby mama? I, I'm going to get to that, but my first yeah, question yeah. is, my first question is, are we able to um, co-parent in a healthy fashion? We should be able to co-parent in a healthy fashion if we focus on the children. Um, unfortunately, sometimes when we have our emotions involved and we want to be angry with the other party, we lose focus of the children who are the most important aspect of the divorce. So um, those, those people, those divorcees who focus on their children have healthy co-parenting practices. Those who don't, struggle. Okay. So answer this one now, Rosolo, from your perspective, nobody else, just your perspective. 
Do you think the father of your children should be able to take you out from time to time, regardless of his relationship status? Uh, that's touchy. Um, that's touchy. You should be able to. I don't. I don't see anything wrong with that. If you're friends, you know, if you're friends and your parents, you should be able to. But unfortunately for me, if I speak personally, I don't have any desire, interest to go to dinner with my ex. So um, there's that. Would I? Would I gather in a family gathering with him? I would. But just to go out with him personally, you know, just both of us together? No, I wouldn't. But I don't see anything. I don't see anything wrong with it. Once you're being honest with you, if, if you have other partners, once you're being honest, and once it's true, you're being honest with yourselves. If it's truly platonic, 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 <laughs> then you won't you won't have any issues. You know, there shouldn't be any issues. But if there are feelings attached, then I think I I just yield the caution right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And, and 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 the reason behind what's the re- why are you going? <laughs> out to dinner or why are you going out to lunch why are you meeting mm-hmm. all right if it's the children or something else you know it, i just it just depends on for me right. but personally i have no desire to go out with my husband so. all right thank you thank you for sharing thank you for being honest and transparent and vulnerable thank you Rosolo. anybody else wants to go well, i wanted to answer that question um, yes because that was the initial one and my answer is um don't think it's a good idea what i suggest if you want to help maintain the mental health of your child's mother and you're not in a relationship with them um you should find i suggest finding a way to help them with support help pay for babysitters if you can't be the one to watch your own to watch your children because you can't babysit your children you are a parent but if you can't be with your children and the mother of your children is on a is is you know under a lot of tasks and too busy help pay for one separately you help pay for her to maybe get a treatment but i don't want i would not think you should be taking her out i honestly don't think that's a good idea because it's going to cause it could cause problems in your personal relationship in her relationship if she has one but if you can find a way to support her outside of dating her i'm gonna say dating i know it's not dating it's taking her out and that is but that's how i see it that's how you say yeah that's my answer help support her but don't don't go out to dinners of course if you have reasons you have you need a meeting to talk about what's happening with your child in school or something else have a meeting but be careful of how you call it what you're calling the 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 time out together Mm -hmm. thank you sanette thank you anybody else All right, so I'm going to jump to the comments here. One person said, no, that's weird. We both moved on and I took the time to heal after the breakup to become a better mom, woman, friend, sister, daughter, etc. My ex definitely does not need to take me out. We co-parent just fine. I have set boundaries. Another one said, as long as a woman is allowed to take her baby daddy out from time to time as well. That lady said it perfectly. One annual dinner, it's about the kids, the mother's mental and emotional well-being, 
is not your responsibility and catch up about the kids and and a catch up about the kids it's not really to find things in common with each other and rekindle anything somebody else said i love this one person said amen to all of this it is not the other parent's responsibility to make sure the other emotion the other one is emotionally stable or happy their child is the priority let's not play and make dates a goal for co-parenting it's actually unrealistic for all involved co-parenting and amicable lunch and dinner dates are not needed to co-parent hmm. so let me jump to the chat real quick tasha says just be the parent and take care of your responsibilities all the extra stuff is unnecessary don't need to go out because that may lead to other things that will complicate things so the answer is no so here is go ahead go ahead before i go go ahead that's me Javette. Yes, Javette. Oh, my goodness. So as soon as you started, my boss is like, come into my office. <laughs> so I was thinking about this question like all night. And to be honest with you, I couldn't really come up with a good answer. So I was thinking about my experience with my daughter's father. And the way we broke up, I had so much animosity that... I don't know if I would have been able to sit down and have dinners with him. I do I do want to say that I personally didn't show any animosity around. I invited him to every event that my daughter had and just left it up to him to decide whether he was coming or not. One thing I did do was not mention it to my daughter because I didn't want her to feel some type of way if he didn't show up. Y'all still hear me? Can y'all still hear me? We hear you. We hear you. Oh, okay. I know that me holding in the animosity, there were times when my child felt like she couldn't speak to me about things that happened with him and vice versa. So if I had to do it all again, I don't think that it has to be a annual outing or anything like that. But I do feel that if you can put things aside and just do things for the child and keep any type of anger you have out of sight hearing of your child, it can work. I think we do have to think about the mentality of our children, which also helps the mentality of the parents. So I yield. All right. Thank you, Javette. So I'm going to read another comment. I low-key agree, depending on the relationship between both parties. I check on his men health and mental health regularly to ensure he is in a good headspace to care for our child. Me and my child's father do our best to have platonic family days with our child so that our child still has a sense of family, even through the separation, while also watching his parents still get along 
outside of a two-parent household like he was born into. It is beneficial to the child and for me and my child's father because it allows our son to still see us happy, even through the separation and working together. Gotta lead by example. And to be honest, you have to be mentally strong and capable. Otherwise, you're going to have issues or a potential second baby coming in a mix. We're not perfect and we still have our issues, but by doing this, it makes it kind of easy to co-parent. I like the part that she said, I check on his, his health and mental health regularly. You don't have to go out for a drink. You don't have to go out for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. One-on-one, -on -one, you don't have to. Can you do it as a group? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Um, and when I say as a group, whether you, if both of you are involved with other people, one big happy family go, in my opinion, because the other person is also involved in my child's life, is also involved. So you know what? Let's all go out, everybody together. Now, one-on-one, -on -one, mm -mm, nah, that ain't going to happen. Not me. Try somebody else. But. As a group now the checking on the mental health I think is so important you should be checking on each other's mental health after all you want to know that everything is okay and they're okay to look after the child what if this weekend let's say Marlon and I were not together what if this weekend was my weekend to look after them and he checks in with me and he says hey everything okay you're all right you're doing good how are you feeling and I'm really not feeling good I am really in a mental space where I don't want anybody around me right now I don't want to be in a, put in a situation where I'm going to be yelling at the children or ignoring them or anything I don't feel capable I think that's not a bad thing I don't think that's a bad thing to do a check-in Especially if you know the person's workload is heavy. Hey, I know you. You know you, you're. I know what your work entails. I know how it's. You know goes with you sometimes. How are you doing? How are you holding up? The children doing everything they need to do. Doing that check in, I believe, speaks volumes. Don't only show up and take that child for play dates or whatever. That's me. I honestly believe it can make a difference for both parties, especially for the one who the custodial parent, the one whom the child is with the majority of the time, because it can be overwhelming. They're a single parent at that point, right? Go ahead, Javette, go right ahead. I so agree with you. And I think I had other people to call on, luckily, um, besides her dad, but I think it would have made a big difference if he would have checked on me just just healing the animosity between us seeing that he cared enough to check i think it would have helped yeah um donald put in the chat moments how do you check on their mental health what if marlon documents that you don't feel capable and use that to gain full custody of the children from you now that you know 
Donald, that's a good question. That's a great question because that was my situation. I couldn't show any type of weakness because I knew that he was on this like revenge game, you know. But anything that happened, I, I was, you know, even if I was having a bad day and I just couldn't, I didn't want, you know, I couldn't, I wasn't capable of take, taking the kids. I would take them because I didn't want him to document anything or do anything or mislead the judge or anyone and say, because there was already so much more said. So that's a great thing. That's a great question. Thank you, Rosolo. Thank you, Donald. Because you do have people who are very malicious and vindictive and will use every single thing. So you have to gauge that. You have to gauge that. Um, probably have someone that you can confide in and let them know how you're really feeling. And then to the person, I don't know, what do you say to them? I'm okay. I'm doing well, thank you. Because now you, you have a sounding board that you can release those emotions to, not that person. And that, you know, and probably say, hey, listen, this weekend is not a good weekend because I have some things lined up that I have to get taken care of. Probably do that so that you don't give them ammunition to use against you. I don't know. Anybody else has any other suggestions for dealing with people who are vindictive, malicious, and just evil? Well, on moments, what, what I realized um, in, in my situation, like, you know, what I've realized over time is that, you know, once you have a child with, with someone, it's like your, your family for, for eternity, forever. In my case, that's how I feel. Uh -huh. And even though, you know, like when my ex and I, we, when we separated, it was like, wasn't on good terms. Like, I feel like I hated her more than anything else in the world because of, you know, stuff that she did. But, you know, I believe that, you know, when you love someone, especially when you, you, you share a child together, in the initial stage, like, it, you know, depending on what caused you to break up, you might feel this hate and stuff like that. But I just think that over time is something that you have to kind of let go because you're, you're stuck to the hip, like, for forever that's how i feel um in my situation now my daughter is with me um we're in different countries but over time the more mature i've gotten like i just feel the sense that i have to even though we're in different country um i have to care about in terms of her like mental space you know being in jamaica being in a in not in a, the best situation per se like in terms of financial and stuff like that i have to care about financial or financial how she's doing financially i have to care about her other her, the, the other kids because at the end of the day that's my daughter's um sibling so you know in my case like you know like from day one i, I told my daughter that look your mother is always number one like, don't even, don't even think about me in terms of, like, financially or, 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 or in terms of, like, support or whatever. Make sure you're always there for your mom. Like, she is your, your primary um, thing in terms of support, you know, like, emotional support, you know, moral support and stuff like that. Make sure that you support your mom, you support your, your, your siblings and stuff like that. 
Um, because, yeah, like, we're, we're stuck. We're stuck for life. And we just have to, you know, for me, like, it transition from, like, you know, hate to, like, you know, being civil to her, then to be in a position where, like, if she needs something, like, she's going to call me and ask me. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, even though my daughter is grown up now, and, you know, most people say, like, you know, when it's when you get to 18, like, that's it. You don't have to deal with the person again. But the reality is that, you know, there there's weddings coming up. There's all these other things. And once you co-parent, I just feel like, you know, if, if there's any way that you can fix whatever happened and, and heal, I think it's better for the for, for, for both parties. I think it's better for the child. Even if it, the child is, is an adult, I just think, you know, it's better, like, because, as I said, like, you know, you don't want... I've seen weddings where the, the mother and the father is attending the wedding and it's, like, attention, and it, it's not good. So, it, you know, I believe that, you know, we're, we're stuck for life and, you know, just try to heal and, and, and make the best of it. And I think, you know, in my case, you know, it shows forgiveness, it shows healing, and, and even within myself, like, I feel like it, it it has helped me as a person too to say that look this thing can go from like you know hating someone to 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 just forgiveness and healing and and restoration so you know that that's how i feel about it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right thank you james anybody else wants to go all right so i'm going to read another comment um okay let me jump to the chat before i jump to the comments here uh, Virginia said, I walk away and leave them in their ignorance. And Tasha says, I agree. Donald says, there are issues like different styles of parenting, etc. That is difficult enough. Finding middle ground of what is most, of what is reasonably, of what is reasonable financial support. Animosity that never healed, etc. Sometimes the less contact you have, the person is best. Javed says, one thing that bothers me is when one says if there is need, they'll ask. Both parents live in this world. Why not offer both parents? Um, why not offer both parents? Know that a child needs more than air to survive. Grandparents, etc. creates good buffers. Okay. Um, let me jump back to something here. Um, yes, if there is animosity, both parties need to heal separate and apart because that, that that is a part of the grieving process that the relationship did not work out for whatever reason right there is a grieving process you have to do the healing so that you're not bitter because being bitter is not going to make anything better and yes we have to go through the forgiveness stage where you forgive because the forgiveness is not for them it is for us all right um Finding the middle ground is also important. And as you talk about middle ground and the styles of parenting um, being different, I want to jump on this one here real quick. I want to say this. Um, according to boystown.org, Cooperation and Consistency Parenting Plan, when families live in separate households, parenting with consistency can be a challenge. But if you create somewhat of a contract with your children, that can help them know where you stand. And it takes both parties being mature enough to agree 
Because what you don't want to do is, well, when I'm at mommy's house, I get to do this, 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 and that. Oh, well, when I'm at daddy's house, I don't have to do this, this, and that. No, I believe that there needs to be some agreement. Yes, we know, even in the same house, parents, want, children know who to go to for certain things. That's a given. But I think at the core, there are certain things that should be agreed upon and maintained in both households. You're not going to come to my house and um, knowing that bedtime is at eight o'clock and tell me, well, daddy lets me step to 10 o'clock. Well, that ain't my problem, boo-boo. You're going to bed at eight o'clock. My house, my rules. And when you create consistency, what it does, it kind of normalizes the child. The child knows that they go to bed at eight o'clock in regards of whose house they're at. Okay. So for children, agree on weeknights. I agree to go to bed at a, an appointed time. Right. So we're going to agree on bedtime and we're going to stick to it. Both parties. Um, we agreed to eat dinner at least blank times a week. So um, depending on work schedules and so on and so forth, we might make an agreement where, okay, at least once a week or twice a week, we're going to sit down and have dinner, even if it's a PB&J sandwich, all right? I agree to do my chores completely and correctly every day. They can't have chores at one house and not have them at the other house. So agree of what the chores are going to be. They make their bed. They neaten their shoes, um, clean the mirror in their bathroom, whatever it is. I, I, I agree. They should have something or a set of chores at this house or a set of chores at that one. But chores should be in the mix, right? Um, I agree to use good behavior when I go with mom or dad to the grocery store. Good behavior wherever you go, all right? Um, I agree to tell mom or dad where I'm going when I leave the house who I'll be with and when I'll be home. And that's something that should happen for both parents. You don't just walk out the house when, it, when you're at your dad's house and nobody knows where you are. But when you're at mom's house, you know damn well, you got to say, hey, mom, is it okay if I go across the street to play with Johnny? Right? Rules are rules and let them follow the rules in both places. I agree to follow mom's or dad's instructions right away. All right, whatever that is, however you all interpret that. And when mom or dad tells me no, I agree to accept their answer without arguing because this is something that has happened a lot in the various dynamics. Oh, mom said I can't do so and so. Listen, go do it. Don't pay attention to what your mom is saying. What you're teaching the child there is to disrespect. Now, if both of you have differing opinions on something, I strongly suggest that both of you have a conversation away from the child, whether via text message or you step away so they can't hear what you're saying on the phone, but you both come to an agreement, right? Because what you don't want is that child putting you against each other and you are allowing that to happen when you disrespect the other parent to the child. It happens, all right? Or you can set up both, but those are just some suggestions of a contract that you can, quote unquote contract, that you can do with a child so that they have an understanding that, hey, you may live with one and stay with one sometimes, but we're on the same page as far as you, the child, are concerned because the child is what is of utmost importance, right? The child's well-being. Now, for parents, in their agreement with each other, they agree to have 
I don't, I don't use the family word family meeting, but they agree to have a meeting, a parental meeting. Once a week or twice a week, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about what's going on with the child. How is school going? Extracurricular activities, their friends, so on and so forth. So that both parties know what's going on, right? I don't think that's unreasonable, all right? And I, I'm, I'm going to leave that that one, and then y'all can work the rest out. But how do y'all feel about that, what I've said so far, as it relates to the children and the parents? How do y'all feel about that? Okay, let me jump to the chat. Donald says, there are cases where one parent wants to be active in the child's life and has to fight for it. And that is when you're dealing with... Um, quote-unquote, immature people. Some people, easy for, even, for someone to wallow in vindictiveness and maliciousness means that they're immature. They're not being adult about it. They're being selfish. They're thinking about their own feelings and not those of the child. That's grossly selfish. Grossly selfish, right? Um, all these contracts, etc., sound good in theory, but in real life, it's not black and white. Some, for some parents, it is more difficult to deal with than the children themselves. Okay, I got you. So it's more difficult to deal with the um, other adult. Well, understood. I totally understand. So in a case like that, make it about the child and start there. Start there. Make it about the child, all right? Um, I just find some of the suggestions utopianistic at best. But you know what? We, we, I, I understand what you're saying, um, Donald. I totally get it because, unfortunately, what we have seen when it comes to broken situations, um, couples or partners separating and there's a child or children in the mix, we always see the bad of it. And unfortunately... We rarely see good um, scenarios where people, you know, are able to co-parent and talk about the benefits of co-parenting and promoting that. And more so even talking about how they were able to get to that point. We don't hear those conversations. But for the most part, it's negative. So how can we change that? I think it's going to take us being adults to come to that, to get there. And recognize that we need to change our mindset, change our outlook, and change our approach. You know? That's what I think. I may be wrong. I think that's one of the things why, you know, community centers and, and stuff like that in our community is very important. Because, you know, there's this um, this program that that we have here in, in Toronto. It's called the Black Dads Club. Mm -hmm. um, and where you'll find, like, you know, elders in the community, you know, would, would have young, young men coming in, young black men, and would be coaching them on different things, how to, like, co-parent, um, you know, how to, you know, navigate, because, because a lot of men are, are frustrated with the, the um, child support system, where they feel like, they almost feel like, you know, they're not given the opportunity to be an equal um partner parent parenting without um garnishing of the wage they almost feel like you know when their wage is being garnished they almost feel like criminals 
and like the government is dictating, you know, and they feel like they're responsible enough to, to, to do certain, um, take care of their child in a responsible way. So like this, this organization, like, you know, they have people that volunteer that will, will sit down and, and, and talk to you about parenting, you know, talk to, you know, mothers would come there with single moms with like young black sons and they would get a mentorship and, and stuff like that. So I believe that, you know, these programs in our community, because it's, it's in every community, it's in the Jewish community, it's in the Filipino community. You know, when you go around the different areas in, in our city, you see a lot of these community centers that are geared towards um, the, the, the whole village, you know, the village raise a child type of thing, but it's just like a new type of village. And I think we need more of that. More of that. All right. Thank you, James. Anybody else wants to go? I agree with you, Donald, that they will have to decide what is best for them because every situation is different. That's kind of, what, what I provide was kind of like a roadmap, a guide, and they can build from there, take out what works, keep what, you know, remove what doesn't work, keep what works, right? The, um, that, that situation in that for their situation. But I think the first thing is that they have to come to an agreement that what matters is the child. First and foremost, put child ahead of self. I think a part of the reason why a, a lot of issues exist um, is when people have moved on to other relationships or one person has moved on and the other hasn't. And the one who hasn't moved on becomes jealous and bitter and you know angry about it. That plays a role in it too. So again, we're making it about self and not about the child. And is that fair to the child? No matter how you feel about the person, we have to put that to the side and deal with the child, what's best for the child. To those um, parents who make it difficult for their child to interact with the other parent, come on now, grow up. Why are you doing that? You have some parents um, who don't allow the other parent to see the child unless a check is being given to them, money is being given to them. Why are we doing that? If the other person is living up to their financial responsibility, whether court mandated or on their own, and they're seeing to it that, you know, you're given money, they're seeing to it that clothes are, um, they have clothes, shoes, everything. They're taking care of everything. Why are you still being vindictive? Why are you using the child as a bartering tool? And let us say the other party has fallen on hard times. They've lost their job, but you're not going to let them see the child because they've lost their job? How are you being reasonable? Who is it really affecting? The child. Who is it really affecting, folks? Not you. So if you're going to go to great lengths and find every excuse in the book to prevent that person from seeing their child, what does that say about you? Tells me you want the person back. You got to know how to let go. We have to know how to let go. 
A lot of us struggle with that. We keep living in the past. It's gone. Can't go back. It's time to move forward. And a lot of us stifle ourselves because we're holding on to the past, what was, and we're, 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 we're standing in bitterness and anger. Can't change. Can't turn by the hands of time. Heal. And while you're healing, remember the child. Remember the child. So um, let me, the, the next article, um, how to be a great co-parent with an ex when you still have feelings. Oh my gosh. All right. Relationships aren't built overnight. All lovers create a story filled with moments that once had so much meaning, but not all relationships last. And once they're over, sometimes the thought of your ex makes you angry, but sometimes you mourn the loss of your lover. This power play of emotions is worse if you and your ex have a child together. As co-parents, the two of you are bound together whether you like it or not. The fall of a relationship is painful and sad. When there are children in the mix, the situation can become even more emotional, even volatile. So how do you move on from heartbreak and effectively co-parent with the ex? Uh, let me throw this in here before I keep moving. When you become grandparents, because that child may have children, are you going to be bitter as grandparents too? Think about that for a second. Take time to heal. While some people break up amicably, no breakup is ever mutual. Someone will always be more hurt than the other, even if the decision to end the relationship was a logical one. If you're hurting for, from a breakup, it might feel impossible to raise a child with the one person in the world who loves your child as much as you do. It's essential that you take time to heal. Usually a breakup requires space, taking time away from each other, letting the metaphorical um, scrapes and cuts heal will slowly make your relationship better. You must be okay with lessened contact and communication aside from the conversations regarding your child. The awkwardness will pass, even if there are negative feelings in the meantime. You should be kind and supportive to your ex, but it's acceptable to not be best friends. It doesn't mean that you won't get there in the future. Take time to heal. Any communication you have should be with regard to the child. So what does effective co-parenting look like? In, healthy, in a healthy co-parenting situation, both parents are involved in the child's day-to-day -day life. Co-parents communicate effectively and share the responsibilities of parenting, including the financial logistical, and most importantly, emotional ones. To be a good co-parent, you must communicate respectfully when hurdles come up and work together in the best interest of your child. In most healthy co-parenting relationships, parents allow each other to express their own parenting style when they are with their child. So that goes back to what you're saying, Donald. But I do believe that there needs to be a mutual ground when it comes to certain things, certain things, all right? Uh, 
Co-parenting doesn't have a definition. It's more of a lifestyle. It's communicating and collaborating with your ex in a way that is peaceful, respectful, fair, and with your child's well-being in mind. Boundaries are essential. It is common for people to change after a separation. When you're forced to move on from a relationship, you have to unlearn your former partner. Things that used to be your business, understand this, it ain't your business no more. You no longer need to be asking where you're going, where you're coming from, who you're talking to, Blase. That's not your business anymore. Both parties have to understand this. You don't have the right to ask personal questions. And you are not entitled to the answers to the personal questions you do ask. In the beginning, it's best to limit any conversation to those about your child. As time goes on and you share endearing or funny stories about your child, you will naturally begin to feel like friends. Again, just don't expect this to come immediately. Your former spouse or partner does not need to know if you're going on a date or if you've got a new haircut. They don't need to know anything that doesn't pertain to your child, and neither do you. Stop asking the child, so who daddy got over there? Who mama got over there? Who daddy went out with last night? Who did your mother go out with last night? What they look like? What they drive? It's not your business. It becomes your business, I believe, when things are going serious. Of course, it is a given. You want to know that your child is going to be safe. And I, let's be real. I'm talking about for mature people and people who want to mature. This, is, this conversation is for you. You want to mature, you want to know how to get there, this is how you get there. For mature people, all right? It's not your business who your child is dating unless they're... It is their business to make sure the person they're dating is of sound mind, is not cuckoo, is not crazy, is not a rapist, is not a pedophile, none of that. It's their business to make sure. And I know you're going to say, but it's my business too. I get it. Pay attention to the person you're dating. Because you might be the one with the problem, person, and not them. But you're so focused on who they're dating or they're involved with that you are missing the, 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 um, the red flags on your side of the fence. Have a conversation and make a commitment to each other that whoever you're going to date, if you plan to date, each party is going to see to that the person that they're planning to have a relationship with is meeting certain things all right so that not bring any crazies around the child or children that's a whole nother situation right not going to get into that remember that your family james said it maybe it doesn't sound ideal right now but like it or not your former spouse will always be family because you have a child or or partner rather spouse or partner because you have a child between the two of you you need to embrace them as family. Oops, sounds hard, right? Oh, yeah. It's like scratching nails on a chalkboard. As well as any new partners that come into the picture. If you can, be friendly and respectful to their new partner. I know this is a tough one. Tough one because the go-to is to immediately... The person that they are not, no, no. 
the person may not even be the reason why you broke up but to immediately we don't like the person i don't like your 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 boyfriend i don't like well i don't like your girlfriend why what has that what have they done to you do you know them no be respectful as you want the respect returned to you or given to you all right at the end of the day, you want your child to look around and be surrounded by people who only want to see them succeed. So settle in. Do what you can to be together around your child. For example, graduations, birthday parties. Some people may say, no, let's have two separate birthday parties, but birthday parties should be okay. After all, it's both of you produce a child. School recitals, parent-teachers meetings, things that speak to the child's well-being if the wounds aren't too fresh schedule family nights if you can if you if depends on your situation not recommended for everybody all right play games take walks keep it light and make it consistent communicate as a team while it might be hard to have conversations with your ex after a difficult breakup try to take the emotion out of the conversation disagreements will arise and it's vital to keep heated moments behind closed doors and away from your child. If you know you're going to have a difficult conversation, schedule it in advance and meet at a neutral location. I guess that's where the coffee shop can come in. All right. And if a conversation can't wait, only communicate in front of your kids if you can do it wisely. I say avoid it. If you're capable of working things out amicably, it can be good for your child to see you working through a disagreement together, if you're capable. Above all, remember never to get personal and be, and be respectful to one another. Be flexible and accessible. Again and again, you will hear that consistency is key. It's true. You should strive to make your child feel stable during shaky times. However, you should also need to be flexible your child will appreciate seeing the two of you communicating efficiently respectfully and kindly find a support network when tensions are running high while co-parenting it's vital to have a support network to help you navigate through difficult times confide in a friend who can help you see both sides clearly and this is so important you don't want somebody who is going to butcher the person with you because a lot of us like yes people around us find somebody who can help you see both sides clearly and please bear with me one moment clubhouse i'm going to go ahead and do the wrap-up online Gotta say thank you to everyone that logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Thank you so much to everyone that listened on JohnOradio.com. Download the JohnO Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. JohnO Radio, take us on the go. Shut it out.
big thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. After all, this is where the conversation happens. You were listening to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. You can find me on Twitter, Me Media Moments, on Instagram, Moments on the Score with on the Score Me on the Score Media, and on TikTok, Moments with Me Media. This was a Moments with Me Media production. QMZ Radio and John O Radio. This is Moments with Me signing out. Have yourselves a wonderful weekend. See you Monday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern. Thank you so much for your patience. I appreciate that. Thank you, Steph Landon, her and me. So back to the article, how to be a great co-parent. Find a support network. That's where we were. Whatever is happening in your life, you're not alone. And you might find comfort in talking to others who are in the same situation. But more importantly, you want to find others who have come through the situation and are on the other side. Because if you find yourself talking to people who are in the same situation and ain't nobody making any moves out of the situation, now that's a problem. Because nobody is giving tips and suggestions or providing solutions. And we like to wallow in the mire. We need to recognize that we are supposed to go through, not be stagnant. So that's super important. Whilst you find people who are in the same situation, the goal be to, should be to go through it. You ever talk to some people 10 years ago? And you, you, you talk to them today, it's the same story? Nothing changed? You don't want to be that. Do not stagnate yourself. So for 10 years, it's the same story. Going on and on and on and on. Same thing. Now at that point, that person has chosen not to heal and not to move forward. They're living in the past. Right? Use technology to your advantage. 
co-parenting and technology go hand in hand. When raising children in two households, technology keeps things easy and interesting. For example, you can set up a digital diary for your ex and you to share, write notes about cute things your child does or funny things they say, add photos and thoughts from two different perspectives. You can even add voice messages or videos. The possibilities are endless. You can also take advantage of video call apps such as Skype, Hangout, and FaceTime. These apps are useful in long-distance co-parenting situations. The long-distance parent can be a part of your child's daily life. Call them during bedtime or during trips to school in the car. As your child observes you having conversations about everyday life with your ex, this will ensure him or her that you're on the same team. They don't need to know how complicated it is to co-parent. Just show them that you're trying. Try installing a co-parenting app that allows you and your ex to coordinate ca uh, calendars, expenses, schedule switches, and more. By getting organized and staying on top of medical records, child-related finances, and more, you'll always know what's around the corner. You'll be more confident in conversations with your ex if there is a disagreement. And here's another suggestion, a co-parenting agreement. <laughs> that's something you have to work out between yourselves maturely. And if you can't do it maturely, have the court do it for you. On, and, and let them manage that for you until you can get there, all right? Because in the initial stage, of course, everybody's angry and bitter. That's understood. So probably that may be the route. Have the court do up an agreement that you can both agree on via your lawyers. Get through that and get to a point once healed where you can do away with the court-ordered agreements and have your own, all right? A co-parent agreement serves as a contract that addresses how both parents should behave toward each other and their children. It's, this isn't an effort because what we want to do is raise healthy children, happy children. And what's addressed in a co-parenting plan? And you can have the court do this for you. And I'm going to give you a list of suggestions. If you're filing for custody, the court may ask for a plan that includes an agreement upon the following issues. Regular time sharing. Holiday and summertime sharing. Child support. Payment of child care and extracurricular activities. Payment of children's health insurance and medical expenses. Restrictions on how far the parents can live from one another. Keeping each parent informed about important issues affecting the child. Sharing decisions about religious education. You can tweak a co-parenting plan to include other issues such as access to other uh, relatives, rights of first refusal. And what is rights of first refusal? I need to look that up. I don't want to give the wrong information. All right. Um, used of a use, sorry, of a shared calendar or co-parenting app, transportation costs, meeting locations, co-parenting communication, that is number of hours each parent has to respond to communication and time sharing for life events. If you're wondering whether something is important to include, you should probably include it. Add anything else you and your ex typically argue about so that it's clear and in writing to refer to when emotions run high. Just some suggestions, folks, all right? Co-parenting with feelings is possible. At one point in time, you and your ex loved each other enough to have a child together. Sometimes things don't work out between people, and while that's unfortunate, 
it should not be the end of the world for your child. You must embrace the fact that you're separated. Acknowledge it. Come to terms with it. And you have to maintain a relationship with your ex for the sake of your children. You're bound together forever through the child you made together. Learn how to let go and be a responsible co-parent so that you can raise a happy child. Two Houses, the number two houses, is an app that can help you improve your family life by offering various tools and services related to co-parenting success. You can manage shared expenses, use a shared interface to send secure messages, log medical information, and more. If you need help navigating your co-parenting relationship with your ex, consider downloading Two Houses and using it as a hub for all things co-parenting. So just some suggestions. Now, is this a one-size-fits-all? Most definitely not. Right? Because emotions are always going to be at play when it comes to... um, parenting co-parenting and relationships and exes and all of that it's not for the faint of heart but what i would like all of us to do who have children from previous relationships is step back for a second and examine ourselves and be brutally honest with ourselves Have we done a great job when it comes to co-parenting? I agree with you moments. I think the main thing for everyone, for me, is just keep concentrating on you wanting to bring a child into this world the best way you can. And their mental health is just important as your own. And I think if you do that, we can change a lot of these scenarios. Yeah. The the other thing is, so what I'm noticing a lot lately is a lot of people that are feeling a certain way, they're also taking their children with them, mm-hmm. you know, when they hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of men that think, once I had you, I should be the only one that have you. Mm-hmm. All of that is some type of emotional healing that each adult needs to do. They they need to check. They need to understand why they're feeling that way. And sometimes I think, is it how I was raised that would make me feel selfish to do certain things? Or act a certain way. So the number one thing I feel is your own emotional stability and health. I yield. Thank you, Javette. And based on what you just said, Javette, that's why it's important to have support groups. Have someone that you can turn to, someone who is objective, who is fair who will tell you the truth, not what you want to hear, but the truth. Because there are a lot of factors that come into play, as you just pointed out, especially how we were raised, 
How did we see our parents, our mothers, our fathers interact with each other, especially when they were not together? What were the things we heard them say? What were the behaviors that we observed? Could it be that they were not the best things being said or the best behaviors being displayed, but somehow we soaked that up? Hmm. Yeah, so we got to watch our attitude when it comes to co-parenting because it, it plays a big part in the success of any child-centered divorce. If you're going to approach your divorce with a commitment to making it as positive an experience as possible for the children you love, well, you're on your way to succeeding. So we need to ask ourselves some questions, right? What attitudes are you conveying about your divorce? What are you saying in the earshot of your child or children, whether it's a divorce or a breakup. You got to try to catch your thoughts and the way you speak about the situation. Are we filled with negativity? And we got to be honest. Are we filled with negativity? Are our days consumed with poor me, woe is me state of consciousness? Is that where we are residing. Poor me. Poor me. Poor me every day, all day. Are we attracting and spending time with others who share these sentiments? I just said it. I just said it. Who are we spending time? There's only so much damn trauma bonding you can do. I'm sorry. There comes a time when you you lay out the trauma and then you have to get to the healing stage and then you move on. You don't stay in elementary school forever, right? You go to elementary school, you learn everything you need to learn, then you head on to middle school, grasp as much as you can there, then it's on to high school and then boop, bye, you got to get out. Whether you want to go to work or you want to go to junior college or go pursue a four-year degree, but you have to keep it moving. Well, so too with relationships and situations. We have to keep it moving. When we get fired from a job or we are laid off, we have to keep it moving. We go on to the next job. Yes, we grieve the situation, but we have to keep it moving. If you are spending a lot of time with people who are negative focused, people who only focus on negativity. And every day singing, woe is me. And every day they get up cursing somebody out. Everything is just negative. It's time for you to do an overhaul in your thinking and your attitude. Sounds harsh, but it's true. We have to do that. We have to do an assessment. Don't wait for somebody to assess you. Do an assessment for yourself, but you have to do an honest assessment. What is your thinking? What is my attitude? What's your attitude? Evaluate your perceptions. The world is what we perceive it to be. Whether, believe, whether you want to believe that you are given a good hand of cards, a good deck of cards or not, you're going to be right 
You know why you're going to be right? Because you're going to create an outcome and you're going to justify your belief. You ever play cards with somebody and no matter what hand they get, they always win? No matter what, you might look at the cards and say, oh my God, this is a bad hand of cards. And we keep saying that's the reason we keep losing. Maybe we need to change our perception. There are a lot of things that we can't control. Things that happen to us that we cannot control. What can we control? How we navigate through them. Our determination to overcome them. And how can we do that? By changing our environment. We have to know how to get away from certain environments. Pull ourselves away. Yank ourselves away. Cold turkey ourselves away from certain environments. Certain people. Hard, but we have to. You either are going to perceive yourself to be a victim and if you, if you perceive yourself to be a victim, all that's going to happen is you're going to continue to find evidence to support why you are a victim. And that is going to be what you chant. That's what you're going to put on your t-shirt. That's what you're going to have on your forehead. The minute somebody asks you how you're doing, instead of thinking positive, the first thing you're going to do is go to that victim bag. Change cannot come unless we institute the change on ourselves. And it starts with how we think, our perceptions. What are we feeding ourselves? Who are we hanging out with? You can't say you want to get off drugs but keep going down the same drug alley. At some point, you're going to have to check yourself into rehab, right? You can't keep saying, I'm tired of these drunk men, but you keep going to the bar to find a man. You can't keep saying, I need me a, a girl who is not up in the clubs, but yet you keep going to the clubs to find a girl. You can't want something different, but keep doing the same thing. You got to get off the hamster's wheel. And we got to preach that to ourselves. Sonette always says, look for the silver lining. I'm going to get to your comment in a second, Donald. Sonette says, always look for the silver lining. Look for the gift. There are always lessons to be learned from painful experiences. Pitbull always says it, no losses, only lessons. If you perceive those lessons as gifts to you, Wisdom is only gained through experience, and it's not necessarily from good experiences. It's usually from bad experiences that shape our wisdom. And that's why old people can tell you certain things, the elderly. And they can warn you about certain things because of the road they have already traveled. And they have gained wisdom from it. So whatever it is that you have experienced, gain the wisdom from it and use that wisdom as an opportunity to help others, to help yourself even. You can move on from any situation, a better, stronger, and wiser person if we look for the silver lining. 
We talk about how hot the sun is, but we need the sun for vitamin D, right? Sometimes we have to hang our clothes out in the sun so they can dry quickly. After the storm comes the sun because that is what's going to cause the water to evaporate. So out of everything that we experience, there is a takeaway for us intended to make us better, stronger, and wiser. Life is not perfect for any of us, folks. We have to learn to let go. If we're not willing to let go, we're not ready to heal. If you truly want to transform your life after any experience, whether it's a divorce, a breakup, a loss, whatever it is, you have to first let go of negative emotions that are going to hold you hostage. They will hold you hostage. Negative emotions include things like anger, resentment, blame, jealousy, hatred, and anxiety. And there are many more things, I'm sure. We could all build up a very long list. But there, of course, is a time and place for experiencing those emotions. Feel them. You can't escape them. You cannot escape them. Feel them. Go through your morning and then make a decision to let go. You have to do it for your benefit. Because here's the thing. If you don't do it and then you move into another relationship, you're taking all of that with you. And you're going to probably ruin that relationship, which was the perfect relationship for you. But you ruined it because you refused to let go. We have to learn to let go. A lot of us take comfort in the past because it feels it's what we, we, you know, we can relate to it. Why are we afraid of experiencing something new and positive? Why? It's not always easy. But would you rather live in your past where it's painful? The past that you complain that you want to get out of? Get away from? You've got to make that decision, folks. And you have to learn to practice forgiveness. Have you ever forgiven yourself? That's the number one question. How many of us in here can say we have forgiven ourselves for whatever, for a decision that we made which was not a good decision, for failing to act on something that we should have acted on? How many of us have forgiven ourselves? Probably that's the problem. Why haven't you forgiven yourselves? I'm a work in progress. Myself too. I think to some degree we all can relate to that. We are all a work in progress. We are all under construction. 
Many of us are living with regret. But as I said earlier, we can't do anything about the past. Learn from it and move forward. You have to forgive yourself for harboring negative emotions. We have to. My mother abandoned me. My father left my mother. My mother left my father. My boyfriend did this to me. My husband did that to me. My wife did this to me. My wife did that to me. Oh, my job did this to me. My boss did that. Oh, somebody stepped on my toe. Somebody cut me off in traffic. The waiter brought the wrong um, order. The barista didn't mix my coffee the way I liked it. The store didn't have my shoe size. I ordered the dress two weeks ago. It still hasn't showed up. Why couldn't I get that seat over there? Why it has to be this seat? We'd have a habit of looking for negative in everything. It's what we do. It must be human nature. We look for the negative before we look for the positive. And I'm guilty of it too. I'm not excluding myself. It's so easy for us to harp on the negative. We have to learn to let go of the negative. And I've learned. I have learned. I have learned. Still have a far way to go. But I have learned. It begins with us, folks. We have to be willing to forgive ourselves. Forgive ourselves for the mistakes, quote unquote that we made related to anything, anything at all. Forgive ourselves. We have to forgive ourselves for our poor choices, our immaturity, our naivety. We have to. We can't expect people to forgive us when we can't even forgive ourselves. And how are you going to forgive somebody else for something when we can't even forgive ourselves? Do you know your worth? I want all of us for a second to think about that. We can sit in silence, 30 seconds. Do you know your worth? I'm here to tell you something. You know your worth. You are afraid of what you are capable of accomplishing. Stop being afraid. Embrace you. Embrace your strength. You are worthy of everything that is good. Everything. Good equals you. Start to make that correlation. 
I want you to get that in. I want all of us. I don't know why I'm speaking to you when I'm speaking to all of us, myself included. We need to start telling ourselves we are worthy. We're worth it. We are worth everything good. Nothing is too good for us. No experience is too good for us. We deserve everything that's good. But it's not going to happen to us or for us if we are harping on negativity. If we refuse to let go of negative emotions. If we refuse to practice forgiving ourselves. It's not going to happen. There is no space in chaos and confusion for things that are good. You ever hear people say, and we probably have said it to ourselves, why nothing good ever seems to happen for me or to me? The woe is me mindset. You know why? It doesn't happen to us or for us because we have not made way for it to come in. We haven't. And let's be honest. We keep talking about the mistake we made 20 years ago. It was 20 years ago. What, what, what the heck? Why are you still talking about it? It was 20 years ago. And if you are having people around you that keep reminding you of something that you did 20 years ago, walk away. If you need to, block them, delete them. Remove yourself. You don't need people in your life that are constantly going to bring you back to that space that you are trying to let go of. They're not good for your spirit. They're not. And I'm taking a little longer on this part, forgiveness, because it's something that every one of us struggles with and Javet, yes i'm gonna let you please i would love you to we are struggling with forgiveness it speaks to the immaturity that exists in us still it speaks to us the poor choices that we have made that still lingers within us we have to learn to forgive ourselves folks it's okay we all stumble. We all fall down. Ain't no saint out here that wasn't a sinner. We all have fallen down. We all have made poor choices. We all are hurting from something or have hurt from something. Something that we did to ourselves or that we allowed someone to do to us. Or that someone has done to us whether it's from our childhood coming all the way up, but we have to forgive ourselves and then we will be able to forgive everybody else. Then we'll be ready to take that big step of forgiving everybody else. I forgive you for not showing up at my event. I forgive you for not supporting me when I was trying to sell some stuff. I forgive you for walking out on me. I forgive you for abusing me. I forgive you for neglecting me. 
I forgive you for stealing from me. I forgive you for lying on me. I'm going to forgive you for everything that I allowed you to do to me because I brought you into my space. You tested me and I allowed you to get away with it and I never stopped you. So I'm going to forgive myself for having done that, for having allowed that, and I'm going to forgive you for doing what you did to me. It doesn't mean that you're condoning what the person did or the hurtful behavior. It means that you're determined not to let that person affect you anymore. Enough! If you need to yell that word, If you need to yell that word out somewhere out loud, go do it. Enough. If you need to cry it out, enough. Cry it out. But get it out. And put the damn bag down and leave it there. Don't go back and pick it up. Leave it there. We are hoarders. We are hoarders. And we tend to hoard the things that don't help us. Cut the emotional cords of negativity that are binding you and holding you and preventing you from enjoying the new possibilities of life. Cut them! What that song go? Cut it, cut it, cut it. Cut those cords. Let them go. Let them go. Forgive yourself. Forgive others. And then you know what's going to happen? You're going to experience freedom. That's what's there for us freedom but we're not going to get there if we do not make a concerted effort be determined be committed to cutting the emotional cords of negativity cut the cord folks and be free that's the biggest gift you can give yourself and your children or your child Get on the journey to having a positive attitude. Get on that journey. There's a train, a plane, a boat, a bus, a somewhere. Get on that journey to creating a positive attitude. Get on it. Do it now before it's too late. Nurture yourself, feed yourself, embrace yourself, love yourself. And sometimes the best thing you can do to help you on that journey to having a positive attitude is mentoring other people, getting yourself involved, be active, go for walks, get involved in groups that help others, give back, 
Find something that excites you. It's probably a business venture. You might like making beads, making soap, candles, knitting, printing, creating. Being creative is a great way to release a lot of negative energy because now your mind is poured into that. Go volunteer at a children's home, in a hospital, in a nursing home, somewhere. Get involved in something. Find something that will help you get over. And the more you do it is the more you will foster a positive attitude. It only serves you. And you'll become a pleasure to be around for yourself. Some of us don't like ourselves, so we find it hard to be around ourselves, and we always have to have people around us. Get back to loving you. Make time for you. Get that positive attitude going. Treat yourself to something. Get a new hairstyle. Indulge in you. Nurture you. Do your best for you. Understand this, folks, and then I'm going to ask Javette to take her, do, do her thing. Handle your conflicts. Handle your conflicts, folks. Disagreements are inevitable in life. They're everywhere in life. Every single where. But you're going to have to develop good communication skills that will help you to minimize the damage of disagreements. Because when you develop good communication skills, you'll be able to communicate effectively. We'll do this more often. You know what we're going to do more often? Think before we speak. We like to fly off the handle. We have to learn to tame our emotions. Bring it down a notch. Think, 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 because once you say it, you can't unsay it. And once you say it and the receiver has received it, you cannot undo the emotions that are now being stirred up in that person. Sometimes we got to be the bigger one. Sometimes walking away doesn't mean that we've lost. It's preservation. That's what it is. You're preserving yourself, your mental well-being, your emotional well-being, your physical well-being even. Let us learn to develop good communication skills. Whenever there's a conflict with anyone, be it an ex-husband, an ex-wife, an, ex, uh, an ex-partner, ex-boss, ex-anything, anything ex, do this. Listen. Do not listen to respond. Listen to understand. You know why? Because most disagreements come from what? Misunderstanding. Why don't we seek clarification? It's just as easy as saying, hey, Rosolo, you said something. Let me make sure I understand what you just said. 
Donald, you just said something. I want to make sure I understand what you're saying. And it's okay to seek clarification. Because it serves what? To avoid misunderstanding. And when the person explains and they still don't get it, say you still don't get it. And when you are trying to explain something to someone, it's okay to ask, am I, am I making sense? You're getting what I'm saying? It's okay. Temperature gauge, temperature check. Because what you don't want is a distortion in the communication. Receiver to sender. What you're saying versus what they're hearing. And it all boils down to interpretation too, right? So communication is important. It will avoid misunderstanding. Seek clarification. When there's a conflict, shut up and listen. Listen to understand. Don't be so quick to respond every time. Got to get the word in. And we have this need to always have the last word. It's not necessary to always have the last word, folks. We don't always have to have the last word. I'm a fight to the death of me. For what? Is it worth it sometimes? No. Find a middle ground in life. All right, folks. Javette? I'm here. <clears throat> so I had told you guys that I went through a program, and I put the link in the chat. The program, the program was called Landmark Forum. So I wanted to read something first because you just spoke about it. And if you go to this link, you'll be able to see other things. This speaker, I never sat through her class, but the title of this is called Taking the Pass Out of the Future Draw. And it says, the present is given by the future, but we unwittingly file the past, our many experiences, good and bad, how we interpreted them, what we decided about them, the conclusions we made, etc., into a future draw, and it's D-R-A-W-E-R. -E in doing so, we act, think, and believe as if the present is given by the past. While it appears as if it's the past that's shaping our present-day choices and actions, it really isn't. What actually has the influence is the future we're living into. If we think about it, what inspires us, what moves us, or what stops and defeats us is directly a function of how we see the future in front of us. When we recognize that our interpretations of past experiences and the weight we give them as well as the futures we're creating are a series of conversations, it becomes clear that we have a choice. We have dominion in the world of saying, giving us hands-on access to a world that's malleable and open to be created. 
and I'll pin that also um, in the chat. But what I put in the chat about forgiveness, I actually sat in the room with this specific speaker. speaker. It's entitled, Forgiveness Enlarges the Future. Forgiveness is one of the most powerful actions a human being can take. It doesn't change the past. It enlarges the future. Forgiveness is a choice that frees us from the burden of resentment and regret. It doesn't alter the past, make things right, condone what we did or may have been done to us. It shifts the present and allows us to move forward. Creating a new future is declarative and takes a commitment to being complete with the person or people involved. Forgiveness is not really about the person who we say has done wrong. It's about the one who is forgiving. It's about finding the courage to step out of the way it should have been to complete a past hurt, resentment, anger, fear, or failure. It's worth noticing both how we're holding what happened now in the present, as well as recognizing that whatever happened more than likely will have gained over time a certain mass and complexity in our minds. In taking that into account, we're more able to address the context, hear others, and look at what might be next. For example, if we're harboring resentment, it involves taking responsibility for the diminishment of the other person and requires generative language, such as, I'm giving up the grudge I've been harboring for years. Upsets and grudges that we carry from the past narrow our opinions, impact our relationships, and limit our experience of living fully. If resentment and anger stay with us, the circumstances have the power, not us. Forgiveness puts the power fully in our hands. It creates a space in which a new future can be created and points to the capacity we have to reach out beyond ourselves. And I hope y'all heard that. Again, I will pin it. Loud and clear. Thank you, Javette. Forgiveness. So, Donald, I know I put you on delay. In the um, chat, Donald had put, it's like a relationship, but moments, it's like a relationship. If you have the mindset of who wins and who loses and everyone loses, especially the children, exactly. The interaction has to be of how you both can be winners because if you both win, the child can never lose, period. We all need to, I'm sure, if none of you needs to, awesome.
but I'm sure each one of us can find something that we need to forgive ourselves for. I think what we have mastered is the art of suppression. We have mastered the art of suppression. Are you able to have an honest conversation with yourself and say, you know something? Huh, I didn't really forgive myself. I've been suppressing all along. I've been coping. Forgive yourself. Forgive others. Forgive. And I agree with everything that was said in the article Javette just read. You cannot bring the past into the future. Many of us are living our lives looking in the rear view mirror. You notice how small the rear view mirror is in the car, in a vehicle? Small, isn't it? What, when we um, bring that analogy to real life, what it means is that we're not supposed to be looking in it all the time because the windscreen is huge. You can see everything ahead of you in the windscreen. Life is great looking forward. The, the, the um, rear view mirror is just for us to glance at every now and again and say, hey, you've come a long way. Pat yourself on the shoulder. Not for you to live life in the reverse because when you're reversing that car if you don't have uh, what you call it you know those screens now where everybody be looking at those screens when they're reversing what used to have to happen you put your hand on the other seat and you broke your neck all the way around painful wasn't it to reverse it's painful to live in the past especially when there are negative experiences that we keep reliving because we, we, instead of looking in the big windscreen in front of us to what's coming up, we're busy looking in the, the little um, rearview mirror. Stop living in the past. Forgive, forgive, forgive. And that's my challenge to each and every one of you today. For this weekend, I want you to take some time to reflect. If you, at the end of your reflection period, whether it's a couple of hours, a day, the entire weekend, whatever is best suited for you. If when you're finished with your reflecting, you can say, yes, everything has been put beside, behind me. Good. Applaud yourself. Congratulate yourself. Do something for you. But if in your reflection, you realize that you're getting angry and bitter and you start cursing and swearing means you have work to do make a commitment whether you want to put it on the notepad in your phone on your tablet make write in a journal have someone hold you accountable whatever but find a way to get yourself on the path to forgiveness make time for yourself so you can get that done let go respect yourself respect yourself Look for the gift in life, in every experience, good or bad. Look for that gift. Check your perceptions. Check your perceptions. Watch your attitude. A lot of what we get is what we give. 
we might think, well, I don't have a bad attitude. Listen to your tone. Check your body language. Are you constantly neck popping? Are you always rolling your eyes? Sucking your teeth, snapping your fingers, hand on your kimbo, walking away. Check our attitude. We all have to check our attitude. Because a lot of times what we get is what we give. And we don't like what we get. So we need to check what we're giving. All right? There is life after every experience. But you have to make that choice. We can give you all the information. We can sit down and watch every video, read every journal, and watch every movie. We can absorb all that, but we ultimately have to make that choice for our selves. We have to. I have to make that choice for myself. I have to choose to forgive. I have to choose to let go. I have to choose to change the trajectory of my life. It's on me. And nobody's going to love you out of your situation. You have to love yourself out of it. I'm going to ask you one last favor, folks. Expectation, let it go. Because that leads to the greatest disappointment or disappointments that we're going to encounter. We have expectations of bosses, of partners, of parents, of siblings, of relatives, of friends, of families, of people that we come in contact with. We have expectations. And when they don't meet our expectations, we are the ones that end up broken, damaged, in need of resuscitation. Us, not those who are doing it to us or who we allow to do it to us. Let go of expectations. Set the expectation for yourself and make sure you can achieve that. If we all focused on the expectations we're focusing on, that we're setting for ourselves, guess what? It will trickle down. There will be a ripple effect. Right? We're expecting people to be good, but we're not good. How is that going to work? If we make an effort individually to be good, then guess what? Everybody's going to be good because everybody's focused on being good. Expectations. Let's work on that. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Appreciate you. I don't take any of you for granted, nor the time you choose to spend with us. I know some of you have busy schedules. You're at work and doing your thing and you're listening and you're involved in the chat and you're lending your voice. I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you. So let's hit that reset button this weekend. Reconnect with ourselves. Fill up our cups. Pour into ourselves. Can't pour from an empty jug, right? No, we can't. 
And we got to practice it until we, it becomes second nature for us to pour into ourselves. Feed yourselves words of affirmation, positive words. You can go on Pinterest, Google, wherever, and there are so many positive quotes that are out there. Tell yourself you're worthy of everything good. Love on you. Please. Please love on you for me. All right. Here's a little music to take us out. Thanks. Uh. Hi. Uh. 808. Uh. Jay. Uh-huh. Ready? Uh-huh. Let's go get him. Uh-huh. Come on. I used to run bass like Juan Pierre. Now I run the bass hi-hat in the snare. I used to bag girls like curtain bags. Now bag B. Boy, you hurtin' that. Brooklyn Bay, where they birthed me at. Now be everywhere the nerve of rap. The audacity to have me with them curtains back. Me and B, she about to sting stand back. Baby. Tasha, Geely, and Sula, thank you so much. Appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for your constant support. Chief Marlon James Donnell, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I enjoy the interaction. Enjoy hearing your voices. Thank you. The solo Javet, thank you. Appreciate you. And everyone else that was here earlier, in case they listen to the replays, thank you all. For never failing to support, to motivate and to encourage. Thank you. Thank you, Tasha. So unusual, baby girl, you should already know it's H-O, light up the throw, cause you gon' need help, try to study my bounce flow, flow, what's the difference, one you taking vein while the other you sniffing is still dope, po-po, try to convict them, that's a no-go, my dough, keep the scales tipping like foe, foes, like I'm from the H-O-U-S-T-O, and blow, win, so Chicago of him, is he the best ever, that's the argument, man, I don't make the list, don't be mad at me, I just make the hits like a fact. Three. I'm just one to one, nothing after me. No deja vu, just me and my own. Baby, I can't go anywhere without me.